This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Junto, episode 47. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam. Just can't wait to get to Grandma's house to get the beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, <laughs> lamb, ham, raw, you name it. Yeah, you Chickens, know this. turkeys. How did you, you saw that you video. You name it. You saw that video that my grandma put out. Your grandma, that was, your that's grandma my, Shirley that's Caesar? My, that's my grandma Shirley. Oh, She's wow. She's enjoying some viral fame right now. You name it. I hope she's enjoying that. Beans, greens. If you have not seen... Potatoes, tomatoes. Or enjoyed the you name it Lambs, rams. We need you to know... Hogs and dogs. That there is hope. Chickens, turkeys. In this world. Rabbits. In the form. You name it. Of a rapping soul sister. Come on now. That is that is really the highlight. Somebody about to get to grandma's house and get that plate started. Because it's about that time. I know for a fact that there is a group of people on the other side of this wall who are like... I don't know what this is. This <laughs> happening. I don't know how to confront this hey, situation. Hey, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. First, I'm gonna YouTube this. Right. I, I hope that first they do, in fact, uh-huh. see the you name it challenge. I, I hope they experience uh, that before best they come thing over here on the internet. Yes, it is. I would. I would wager. This is just me. This is my favorite thing on the internet for, of, right 20, of 2016. Of 2016. My favorite meme, trend, challenge, <laughs> whatever. Like, 2016 has been rough. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. President-elect, you know. Don't even. Don't even. Let's he give out this here. The, I want to give this the Voldemort treatment if we He can. out here doing. Oh, don't say. We don't speak his name, huh? <laughs> this boy out here doing whatever he want to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, no, it and is. We need, the culture needed this. The we, culture needed yeah. that. It's a win. It's a win all around. Yeah, every single video that's come out, it even gave me. I'm, I have love for a vegan person. Usually, nah. usually I'm not nah, messing with fall this. Back. But uh, no, look, I'm just saying. Like this guy had bars, and even though he was rhyming he had about bars, he was rhyming about tofurkey. But nah, like, we ain't about to do no tofu turkey. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna tell you something right now. Okay, oh, uh-huh. I ain't going to his house. I mean, he had bars. I appreciated <laughs> it. It made me smile. But I will not be going to Thanksgiving at nobody's house. Where I'm gonna get a plate of sides. Yeah. We talked about this earlier. Yes, we did. You don't disrespect Turkey Day with a plate full of sides. That's right. We yeah. ain't doing that. Oh, my God. You know what? You know what he had? What? He has salad bars. That's what he had. Salad this man, bars? This man's got salad wow. bars. Wow. He's got salad Adam, bars. That's not bad. And then, hey, look, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to represent right now. I'm in, I'm in high spirits. It is Friday. Mm-hmm. Recording a little bit late. Yep. It's your boy, A-Tet, yeah. a.k.a. Snizzlelax, wow. a.k.a. Ash caught him, <laughs> aka Team Rocket blasting off one more again. Uh huh. Aka Pokemon, come on, sun and moon. Wow, 
What do you think of that? That's my Pokemon themed AKA game. Okay, good job. Good job. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's your man, Octavius A. Newman, AKA Brat Panther. You know what I'm saying? AKA Candy Kingpin. You yeah. feel me? I'm uh-huh. just going to leave it at that. I like this. Because Candy Pink, Kingpin is enough. I like that Candy Kingpin. I used is... to run them streets with that candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't come on my block, what all right? Was, what was the name of your school district? Don't worry about what I was doing. All right, don't okay. ask me all them questions. See, so you ask too many questions. Let me get this first place. Hey, Joe. You bleep that part. Take out. that out. Don't ask me where I was at and what I was doing. Are you ready for Just the holiday? Know I'm out here. You ready for the holiday next yeah, week? Yeah, man. Thanksgiving yeah. Day is coming up. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I. It's hard for me to believe because you and I. I, I think we kind of took a pass on all of October, but we are late November right now. Mm-hmm. We are barreling toward the holiday season. Yes, it has begun. There are Christmas commercials. I love on every it. television channel. Love it. You, you're about it. I love it. It's hard for me. Christmas time. It makes me feel, it makes me smile. The music, mm-hmm. the colors, mm-hmm. the TV shows, like the feeling, the vibe. I just wish I had more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the, th- I mean, like what I, what, what I want for next year, 2017 Christmas is to have the Skrilla. money to ex- execute Christmas the way I want to, mm-hmm. you know? Cause that's mm-hmm. always the thing. It's like, I love the season, but I, I just can't do Christmas how I want to do it. I understand. Well, that's where you need, you have to get creative. You got to do some of that macaroni art. You got to mm. show them. I'm, I'll be all about those hand turkeys. I'll be putting my hand down and tracing that. Yeah, everybody's draw around that. <laughs> you get a hand turkey. You get a hand. turkey. Everybody gets. You a get hand a hand turkey. turkey. You no hand toe turkey though. Na- Nana Shirley, you get a hand turkey. <laughs> Shoot, Shirley out here taking over the internet. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Miss Shirley. We appreciate you. So, uh, we, we'll be giving thanks uh, next week. Mm-hmm. As well, uh, but you know, I want to say we want to give some thanks right now to Bear Fruit. Yes, to the Bear Fruit Company. Shout out to Bear Fruit, which is uh, the one who holds us down, the one who like foots the bill. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring us to do, inspiring others to do the same. Find out more about Bear Fruit by going to barefruit.com. That's b three a r f r u i t dot com. Sign up for the newsletter. Check out the store. Buy some merchandise. Look out for some things going out, going down around Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and all that good stuff, as usual. Also, you can go to get some official comic book Junto merch um, on tpublic.com forward slash, um, oh my gosh, I forgot what it is. Forward slash what? What is it? Comic book Junto. Forward slash. Uh, user. User. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's T user. Fury, um, uh, T-Public forward it's slash. got the name of the show? <laughs> no, it's, it's the user part that I messed up. It's in the show notes. <laughs> Don't worry. Just go in the notes. It's in there. Click there's, the link. I guarantee you there's no one listening to this right now. I'm like, please get this URL. Get it right. I'm taking notes on these shows. Yeah. Get that URL right. It's in there. Okay. It, it's in there. Okay. Um, yeah. So you can check that out. Grab some merch. And listen, while, we're, while you're listening along with us, don't forget on SoundCloud, can write in comments as you're listening so we can see you and see what you think on specific parts. We love it when you guys do that. Thank you guys who've been doing that. Also... Leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. Leave us your thoughts there as well. Subscribe to this podcast. Rate the podcast. Review it. Share it with somebody. If you want to tweet at us along while you're listening, Adam on Twitter is... Adam Tetris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. And Mm -hmm. I am at Octavius A. Newman, Mm O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. And the show's Twitter at Comic Book Junto. That's J-U-N-T-O. So now that we got... You know, the business out of the way. You know what I mean? We got that basic stuff out of the way. Let's get into how the week's been. How's it going for you? 
How's the week been? Okay, so since the last time we talked, uh, I don't think we had the chance to talk about this on the show. Okay. Tribe Called Quest. Mm. That album is here. Mm-hmm. It is fire. Yes. From A to Z. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Um, 18 years in the making. Uh, yeah. And I, Fife is on it. And it, it Fife is on it. It sounds like it was a follow-up to Midnight Marauders. Like, if it sounds like this didn't happen last week you know what i mean but it fits now though but it fits now but it sounds like tribe and it, it just reminds me I'm like man nobody sounds like tribe mm. nobody it's just a different game yeah uh and i appreciate it so much it's immediately classic as it far does as I'm sound concerned. old though that's what i like yeah it doesn't sound old but it sounds like it's a part of the same continuity it comes from the same tribe so to speak mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the same people the same like place mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like everything that that's out right now it doesn't sound like Lil yachty little nope. uzi vert nope doesn't sound like dave east nothing wrong with those characters future's not on that it doesn't sound like future <laughs> designer <laughs> no. ain't on it metro boomin did nothing for this mike will made it he he's not there but but at the same time it doesn't sound old you know what it's it's authentic mm -hmm. it is both fresh and authentic yeah it is those two things so it is it is a welcome addition to their catalog and it feels like but at the same time, it feels like an amazing conclusion to a Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it's like, I think I saw Questlove had, had tweeted this. It also seems like they got a lot of juice left. Mm. Like, because they're going hard. Like, at oh, no, yeah. at no oh, point yeah. in time on this album does it sound like... It's not like, like anybody wow, was, the was taking any bars off. Like, oh, no. we just... No, 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 no. Amazing. And then uh, 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 fit into that, we haven't had the chance to talk about this yet, but Tribe played Saturday Night Live. Yes. Tribe was on Saturday Night Live. They did a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. They did a tribute to Fife. That thought that was dope. Um, yeah, that was... When that flag came moving. down. And they actually kept Fife's verse in the songs as well. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. that was that was that was really good. I yeah. really enjoyed that. I tuned in for that and made sure I was there for that. I did think it was very funny. I, I, if you watched Saturday Night Live I and did. if you're if you're a fan of of Tribe, if you're listening right now, maybe you felt the same way. I I wonder if you did too, Octavius. But I kept thinking, are they going to pull somebody up on this stage? Who are we going to see? Mm -hmm. is, is Andre going to roll up on here? Mm -hmm. Would it be huge if Kendrick comes up? And then I see Busta and Consequence. Yeah. And they come up. I'm like, oh, Busta. I love his verse. And what does he do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> hype. Hugs. <laughs> he's just he's he's just giving out hugs. I mean, like, I mean, it was it was very cool to see that. You just feel the warmth mm -hmm. of those guys. But like, man, I got all like, oh yes, bust a bust. No, no flip mode. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. He just came up with energy. Just some refrain. Just like looking around real fast. <laughs> arms all flailing. No bars. Like, okay. No right. bars. But he gave us bars on the album, though. No bars and no neck. What happened to Buster? What, what, where did his neck go? Man, I don't know what's going on, but that boy done got husky. I don't know if he protected it too well <laughs> or if he did not protect it. One of the two. <laughs> it's gone. But that thing gone. <laughs> Man. Yeah, he got the gut, gut, gut in action, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he looks like a, a papa. That's yeah. what he looks like. Yeah. Dad bod, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. but that's not a dad bod. That, that, he just, either he been... My dad don't look like Buster Rhymes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would think. Yeah, uh -oh. I would think he did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You did meet him. So right. I, I can't even keep that a secret now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Did you watch the rest of Saturday Night Yes, uh, I did. SNL? And also, that goes into our first piece of news. Dave Chappelle on SNL. Dave Chappelle. Man, I miss Dave Chappelle. Speaking about physique, though, Dave Chappelle is so swole. Yes. This man is so huge. If you think about he looks Dave like Bane. Nah, he don't look like Bane. He's 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 got a small head. 
He's got a small head. <laughs> but he done got some shoulders. He been in the gym. Whew. He been yeah. getting it in. But it, it's funny because when he's selling the characters, you know, he brought a couple of the classics back. He yes. said, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this. But they did that sketch with Negan, which, yes. by the way, Blackout Congregation, I hope you shielded your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Dave just, just boy. no respect for spoilers or nothing. No. He just went right into it. Just yeah. saying all the spoilers. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean... It was like watching the Chappelle show, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like, Dave still got it because yeah. he came up with the sketch, executed the sketch. It was current, you know, the same kind of humor, the same kind of execution. Yeah. Like brought back all the old char- characters. Everything was still funny. Yeah. I'm like, Dave, are, are we are, are we coming back? Like, because you still got it. It seemed like he had, there was a little bit of awkwardness in other people's sketches Like you could tell. When he was performing something that he did not write, hmm. you know, like when there was yeah, a sketch yeah. that he did not write, it was not quite the same energy. Yeah. But then as soon as he goes back into uh, uh, some of his his characters from Chappelle show, when he did that Negan sketch mm-hmm. and they had the, um, what Ash- was it? Not Ashley Larry, who, but whoever the ball was. Player Hitters Ball. Yeah. Yeah. And like. Um, Look at uh, his shoes. Oh my I God. I believe as the kids say. What what are those? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that was excellent. Bringing that back yes. was really, really what? good. Yeah, all of those guys. Oh man, it, it, that was refreshing. Yeah, he dropped, he dropped all all types of all types of n words. Smoking on on the set. <laughs> yeah, he's smoking all types on the of set. Just there was like, never a sketch that he was not smoking. He was puffing God, away. Like, he, he, I mean, they must have had so many fines. Dave just up there saying whatever he wanted to say. Yeah. So how about the presidential? Um, Actual uh, election sketch. Yeah. What did you think of that one? I uh, that that felt very real. Yeah. I mean, that, felt that, like the conversation we just had. It reminded me of the conversation we just had in episode forty-five, six. I guess forty-six. Yeah. Uh, so it reminded us. It reminded me of what we just experienced. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that. Uh, I thought that was. It was funny in that way. Yeah. Where they kept going like through every hour interval. It's getting later and later. And people are like, oh, there's just no way that this could happen. It's just so surprising. Yeah. And Chappelle is just like, oh, yeah. It's surprising, huh? That surprises you? That's blowing you away, huh? No kidding. How about that? <laughs> How about this is not new? <laughs> and then Chris Rock. Yes. Chris Rock. Yes. I just assume Rock is invited on SNL at any time. He could just walk into the middle of a sketch uninvited and it'd be fine. Yeah, because he's he Chris just Rock is great. He rules the court as soon as he's on stage. Fantastic! I was so happy to see him. Yeah. So, what did you think of this opening monologue? Monologue was great. Uh, I appreciated the monologue because it seemed like he was pulling. Uh, Chappelle was doing some of his stand-up material, mm-hmm. but then he, he he sprinkled in you know a lot of sincerity. Like, let me be real for a second about how I feel, and I appreciated that. And he did the very same at the end of the show too. Um, I like seeing authenticity from from and and an emotional sensitivity from someone that I expect just jokes from. Yeah. Because it it, it really hits you like, oh, we're being serious right now. You well, know, like when John part particularly with the of uh, the monologue. Well think? I'm trying to think of the like uh specifically the wording, but uh when Chappelle was talking about his visit, his uh recent visit to the White House and looking around and noticing that everyone in the room was black. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper. <laughs> right. But like, it's, I think his, his sincere expression of being 
happy with the time that we are in right now, being proud of being a part of this community and being surprised at, at like this. I, I didn't have this opportunity before and I had this opportunity right now and I have to remark that it's notable and it's optimistic. That made me really happy and it made me slow down for a second and think, okay, things, things are pretty good. People are pretty good. The one thing that, that trips me up is, and, and he did it too, although there was a little condition, is he says, look, he who shall not be named, I'll give him a chance if he gives us a chance. Well, I don't think he actually, that's exactly what he said. But the conditional was set out there, which was, it, which was basically, if he gives us respect, the black communities, it seems like he was uh, uh, specifically shooting for, if he gives us a chance, then I will give him one. And frankly, I read that like, uh, I'm not so sure if he's going to do that because this man is clearly racist. Well, that's not what, that's that. That's not what I heard. How did you read this? What I heard him say was, because, okay, let, let's start off with, like we've said many times, that's great. But, mm -hmm. you know, we always have to, at Comic Book Junto, we got to be able to get look at both sides. Here's what's good, and here's what I have an issue with. And both of those conversations are important. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't want to throw out everything great about this person and then, like, not acknowledge... You know, yeah. Try to be balanced. That's yeah. all. We just try to be balanced. So what I what, what I heard him say is, I'm going to give him a chance, and we, the historically disenfranchised, demand that you give us a chance too. Sure. That's not. I'll give you a chance if you give me a chance. That's I'm going to give him a chance. Period. And. We demand. So it's not conditional. It's not if. And I ain't with it, Dave. Like, yeah. that's a great Negan sketch. That's a great presidential election sketch. But I'm not there. And your monologue was fantastic. Stand up, cigarette smoking is great. But no, I'm not, no, not going to give him a chance. Yeah. I, I'm not. Like, no. if someone who has spent a year and a half disrespecting campaigning for everything that I'm against. Yeah. And then what you want to do is ask me to give the person a chance. I was raised when people show you their true colors, believe them. Mm -hmm. This is a conversation that my mother and I had to have when I was younger mm. because she would tell me, Octavius, you always want to see the good in people. That is not the way the world works, son. That's not the way the world works. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm. That doesn't mean people can't be redeemed. That doesn't mean people can't change. But that's but, a different conversation. But you don't change them in your mind and in your heart yeah. because you want them to be different. Uh, that's foolish, son. You, right. you, don't, you don't do that. If someone is showing you day after day after day after day after day, this is who I am, you don't. Give that person with a knife a chance when he done cut you six times. Yeah. So if you see him pop up with a knife again, either you get ready to defend yourself or you run. Yeah. Like, but you don't go, oh, well, I'm gonna give him a chance. Like that's foolish. No, this is this is something that I'm struggling with right now. I, at at this point in time, I think th people are trying to soothe themselves, trying to make themselves comfortable. And part of the way that they're doing that is trying to normalize what is clearly not normal. And you know, the more news that we get about the way that this presidential cabinet is filling out and the people who are taking these roles 
chief of staff, attorney general. Like these things are not normal. This stuff is not okay. And the thing that I keep thinking about is like that the job of being the president, the job of, of being the, the head of this nation is to bring people together for equal mutual prosperity, right? Better trajectory for as many people as possible. I'm, I want to remove the American dream from what it was originally founded on. And I want to talk about what I think the American dream is now, which is mutual prosperity. All of us win. R raising tide, rising tide raises all ships. But like, my thing is, you don't give a chance to something that has been empirically proven to be antithetical, the opposite of the job that you are trying to do. If I show up and I'm trying to build a house and I look around and like, well, the only thing near me is a stick of dynamite. I'm not going to give that thing a chance. Well, let me just build a house with this stick of dynamite. That doesn't make sense. Just because it's here, just because yeah. it's in front what of me. What was the thing you texted me? You texted me about a flesh eating disease. Yeah, I'm like, if, if I'm trying to wash my face and somebody just hands me a vial of flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah, here you go. Well, I know that flesh-eating bacteria eats my flesh, and I know that my face is made of flesh, but give it a chance. But it's all I got. No. 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 If you know something is bad, if you know something is horrible, if you know something is against what you believe in, you don't get, like, it, okay, internet. <clears throat> I am not going to sit here and amen and add a boy and, uh, you know, get, look, I've been alive long enough. You don't do that. And you don't ask someone to do that. Mm -mm. You don't take someone who's been against you. Their whole way that they got where they're at is to be against you. And then you got the audacity to say, give that person the chance. No. Give them a chance to what? Kill me? No. Give them a chance to what? Oppress me? The whole conversation has been around what you're going to do against people like me. Yeah. And then you, you want to have a straight face and look at me and go, you know, give it a chance. But I, but at the same time, I understand, I, I kind of understand what they're trying to say, but I'm just not rolling. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of like, it's almost like this, this attitude of feeling defeated. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I've already been defeated. I've already been bested. So I might as well just almost lay my sword down and say, please don't kill me. Yeah. I'm going down swinging. Like I'm I, I'm just not that type of dude. You're the, you're I'm you're not the, that type of dude. You're like that the the conclusion of the movie Fury. Yeah. You know when they're in the tank and they're just going through the last Yeah. Drop. Yeah. Like cuz if I if I'm beaten and you got to think if you've been a like you've been oppressing me. Yeah. You have been oppressing me and I've been fighting your oppression and now you're in a position of authority and you got the position of authority by pivoting on the oppression of people like me. Yeah. So you're asking me to lay down my sword. It's just a game done just change. And just accept it. And just, just go, how about this? Instead of fighting, we've already lost, so let's just beg for crumbs and maybe if we're good boys and maybe if we, if we're, I mean, if we're good Negroes, you know what I mean? If, 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 we, if we real good and, and if, if we don't cause no problems and, and don't mess with nobody, maybe they'll let us be. Like, nah, yo. Like, I'm, I'm not... I'm not doing that. And I think that's the kind of pushback that you're getting from a lot of people where they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not giving that a chance. Don't nope. ask me, don't ask me to normalize. Don't ask me to say it's okay. Cause I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say in the same breath, did we give Nate Parker a chance? Yeah. Well, yeah. You feel me? Like, yeah, I feel did, did we give Nate Parker a chance or did we like go ham sandwich on Nate Parker? Sure. Look, look at what just happened. Nate Parker comes out and says, look, this is my movement. This is what I'm about. 
media brings up all this past stuff. Whatever your stance is on that, that's not what I'm talking about. Did you give Nate Parker a chance? Now, you don't even have the same... It's not even comparable, Nate Parker and Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But if the internet and the media and all of this stuff is going to do that to Nate Parker, but in the same breath, give Donald Trump a chance? I'm sorry, what? No. Mm -hmm. No, sir. Mm-hmm. No, sir. Uh-uh. We're not, we're not doing that. Yeah. And, and, and another thing is, what am I going to tell the conversation? What do I tell my kids? Yeah. What do I tell my kids now that Donald Trump did? I say the same thing. Now that Donald Trump is president-elect, now you need to figure out what you're going to tell your kids. What you've been telling your kids? Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's a good thing to bring up, but the, it, the thing is that some people just haven't dealt with it yet, mm-hmm. and now we have no choice. Like, yeah. You have no choice, you must deal with it. Yeah. What used to be political talk, that you're like, look, we're not going to get political at the dinner table. It's not political talk anymore. Now it's a safety. It's deal. a conversation about, <laughs> it's, now it's a conversation about Life, yeah. not just a facet of life. It's all the life that all of us are living. Mm-hmm. So it's more difficult to avoid, to ignore. How do you feel about the safety pin situation? The safety pin situation is interesting to me because the, the safety pin being uh, this symbol that um, I, I'm trying to think of when this first popped up because I know that this was not created just now. It's borrowed from another Yes, movement. it's borrowed from something else. Yeah. Uh, but the safety pin is, is meant to be worn to show uh, that you are someone who is safe, who is accepting. I will, I will take care of you. I'll look out for you. I will stand by your side against oppressors. If anybody talks shit on you, you know, that sort of thing. Like we are not here for hate speech and I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all about that intent because I think that's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. but that intent comes with an incredibly massive responsibility. And that responsibility is to be brave, like, you probably ain't never been brave before in the sense that if you're thinking about doing this now, now is the time that I'm going to put on the safety pin. Then you have a lot of things that you have to do that are going to be intensely uncomfortable when it comes time. When you see those uh, small transgressions, when you see that casual racism pop up at times when you would just turn the other cheek and walk away, you cannot do that. You're wearing that safety pin. You have vowed to take a stand. You have vowed it's basically to like be there. Put, it's basically like putting on a cape and cow. Yeah. It's and like, how are you going to, like, you You walk in, you roll up in New York City and you see a monster tearing buildings down and you say, no, I'm just, just going to turn around. I'm I actually going to go to yeah, I'm got Delaware. F- yeah, 15 I, minutes left on this I didn't break. mean to be here, yeah. in fact. You can't be doing that. Mephistoph- Mephistopheles is like, oh, well, I see you have your safety pin on. I guess you and I are to duel next. I've already taken care of this other person. No, I just... Uh, how do you want to handle this? Wait, I thought, like, um, you know, I would well, come up here, I would take I, care of a bank robber. I understand, but you have the safety pin. No, I was but, under the impression that... I'm sorry, where are you... Because I was oppressing these people. I, I figured that's like... Have you, but, are you familiar with Superman? You're from hell, right? Batman, yes. Yeah. Batman. He I'm has just the, saying, like, I'm not here for that. The cape and cowl. I figured since... I'm not the, here for that. The safety pin is similar, is it not? I was if it was a bank coming after the person with the hijab on. Look, let me tell you I what. I saw you, I stopped because I figured we were going to battle. Now. Mephistopheles, I want to tell you what. I'm gonna yes. give you a chance. Okay. okay? Uh, let me just give you a chance. I, I was I came ready for a fight. I <laughs> saw the safety pin. I thought that's what it meant. I, I thought she was safe with you, so since you're here now, yeah. You're no, that's no. not what does the safety pin mean? Is it well, I get to, you know, I just get to choose. How does that work? I thought. It, it, I get to choose when I stand up for things. Is and it like, just more of a physical? It's just 
Does it make you feel a certain? Oh yeah, way? This is, I'll be honest with you. It's just my my personal comfort. Under the, um, the, I, I thought this, I was wearing when, this in hell when I when when we go through a certain like a T-shirt. T-shirt. No, like I, I am a servant of hell, you yeah. see. Okay. I don't really have an option. Sure, now. sure, sure, sure. I, I would much that. rather be. You, I re- know, you seem like a nice guy. I respect most cultures, yours. Okay. My, cultures that are not mine. I'm just not here for that. You're not about. You're not about. You're not about that action. No, I'm just not about that action. I'm not about that action. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> but stop about that action. Yeah, you did. But now we got but, some action. But you and that safety pin are not about that action. Well, they say the, the safety pin is interesting because I think it's a, a, it's a good intent, but it's an incredibly huge responsibility. And the way that it has taken on this like viral thing, like people are really into it. Let me put up the safety pin on my Facebook profile. Mm-hmm. Let me put it, order a bunch of safety pins and I'll put some on my Did shirt. Did you see the person that's selling the safety pin necklace for $300? Yeah, I saw that. I mean, like, and that's the thing is it when it spreads that widely, it becomes less and less truly cared for as a symbol of what it's supposed to be, as a responsibility that comes along with it. And it becomes more of just like a a way of making yourself feel good based on what based on nothing. Like, I just want to feel good about this situation. I just want people to think that I'm good. Yeah. Now I mean, I'm, I'm so here for self care and doing what you got to do to make mm-hmm. you feel good. So you can make other feel people feel good. But mm-hmm. that, that responsibility is so huge. And it, in a way it makes me feel so sad that anybody thinks I got to put on a safety pin in order to tell you that I will take care of you out of the love of my fellow man, I got to put on a safety pin for that. Damn. Like, I can't just express that to you because I do love you because I do want to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, Octavius, I, the reason I'm not wearing a safety pin is because I hold this as a de facto for myself. Mm. I must be of that character of that integrity right? without anything on me. And if anyone is uncertain that they are, if they are safe around me, if they are taken care of, I must do extra work. You don't need to approach me to think that I'm safe or not safe. I'm, I will do extra work. I will be extra considerate. I will be there. I will take steps. But yeah, so it's, it's a precarious thing. Cuts both ways. Huh? Yeah. I think about, I think about <clears throat> if you're reading civil war with us, spoilers, 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 uh-huh. civil three, war. two, one, it's your fault. There's a part where miles, I think this is in Civil War Six. Miles is breathing really hard. Miles Morales, Spider-Man. He takes the mask off up to his nose. And Cap kneels down and goes, why do you have your mask off? And Miles goes, I can't breathe. Cap goes, put it back on. It means something. It stands for something. Mm -hmm. You know, that means something to people. And I just want to say, you don't need to wear a safety pin. But you should look at that safety pin like you're putting on, I mean, comic book Junto. We talk about geek culture. Yeah. If you're putting on that safety pin, you need to look at it as you're putting a cape and cowl on. Yeah. You're or you're a, like, you're putting a costume on. Your Green Lantern ring. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, that's it's, not... it's not an accessory. No. It, you are basically saying, I am here to be a superhero for you. Uh huh. I'm not here to look like, I'm not cosplaying. It's not Halloween. No. I'm not, it, it, it's not to look cute and be a part of, it's not a frat. It ain't fashion. A part of, it's no. This is saying, I got the uniform on, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to do what's necessary to stand for what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And if that means, it doesn't necessarily mean you get, you're ready to throw them hands, but it means that you might need to be ready to throw them hands. Mm-hmm. You might need to be ready to interject. You might need to be ready to, to have a conversation. So I'm not here to say, 
don't wear a safety pin. But if you wear a safety pin and ain't about that action, mm-hmm. your safety pin doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just like if you if a superhero were to wear a costume and wasn't about that action, I mean, what's the point of putting take the costume off? Yeah, what like, is the point? Go go back and be a regular person, but don't wear the costume to make yourself feel good. But you're not ready to do what's necessary. You're not ready to do what that costume represents. Same way Cap told Miles, Ma- "Look, put that on. It means something to people. It stands for something for people. So understand that." That safety pin does mean something to people. When they look to you, because I've seen on the internet, yo, I was just like verbally assaulted and I saw people with safety pins on and they didn't help me. Yeah. Later for that safety pin stuff. Yeah. So be about that action is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Be about that action. Don't be about accessorizing. Mm -hmm. And action is word deed action you know putting yourself in harm's way putting yourself in conflict for the sake of what you believe in yeah it's making sacrifice believe create inspire take what you believe create something inspire your circle of influence so so if you believe this then you're going to have to interject and put yourself in front of stuff that might make you uncomfortable safety pin or not that's what i'm saying yeah, I uh, there's a quote that I've been thinking about, and I'm, I was trying to find an attribution. And if any of our listeners know who said this originally, hit me up on Twitter. But the thing that I keep thinking about is uh, accept what you cannot change, change what you cannot accept. And if you absolutely cannot change it, uh, then I think there are probably other options than just laying down and accepting it. But that, that latter half is important to me. If you cannot accept what's going on, then you must change it. You have to take action. And yeah. that's where we are. Yeah. So yeah, all of us, uh, regulators mount up. It's like, you have to be a superhero now. Yeah. Cause if, if you're not, if you're not part of it, if you're not part of the resistance, if you're not moving us always forward, then no, we ain't going backward. Yeah. What's your safety pin for? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's that's a piece of news. Now moving on to the next piece of news. Tell me about this uh, Guardians of the Galaxy situation. Oh, yeah. So uh, Telltale Games, they they did the Walking Dead game uh, that was really, really good. The adventure game uh, based on The Walking Dead with different characters than the comic book. Mm-hmm. So you're not playing as Michonne and, and Rick and all. They are currently doing, I think they just did the last episode of the Batman game. Haven't played one of those. I got to play that. Yeah, I need to get around that. We play as both Batman and Bruce Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And word on the street is they're working on an untitled Marvel project. And the rumor is it's a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Interesting. And so right now, all we can report is this is a rumor. Uh, It seems to be pretty well uh, a, a based supported. rumor. Yeah, it's supported in in some some solid evidence, and in, in that there was like a, a PDF or or some document that hinted toward the title of this project. But it seems like Telltale is going to do a, a Guardians video game, mm-hmm. which I'm about. I think that's great, and they make really cool video games. I, I like that it works well with comic franchises too, yeah. because it's mostly based on storytelling and dialogue options and those kinds of things. So. I like that. Yeah. I I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next piece of news, we've got Conor McGregor. Yeah. Conor McGregor, if you're a fan of mixed martial arts, UFC, Conor McGregor now holds two UFC belts, champion in two weight classes at the same time. That's history. Mm -hmm. And the UFC just had UFC 205 in New York City. That's history as well. So... Like, this dude literally has cut through 
two weight classes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he fought a dude from Philly. Oh. Wanted to see the guy from Philly win. Not happening? Nah. Kind of gave that dude work. It, it was really like, yeah, you, you shouldn't have been in the ring. Oh, no. Really? Like, Connor hit him, and he just, he, he laid down, like, it, like, after just seeing Conor McGregor fight Diaz for two fight two two rumbles, yeah, you know what I mean. He hit this dude and he just like crumbled. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at this story and I'm seeing Conor McGregor back in August called out the entire WWE universe. Yes. In this tweet that I love and I'm seeing for the first time ever. Yes. In which Conor McGregor says, "I didn't mean no disrespect to the WWE fans. What I meant to say." was that I'd slap the head off your entire roster and twice on Sundays. Conor McGregor is a heel already. <laughs> Conor McGregor has taken to UFC the way a heel takes to WWE. It's, uh-huh. just, it's just the way he carries himself. Yeah. Like, he carries himself like, you know, you love to hate me, you know, mm-hmm. which is, <clears throat> he's done a great job, but at the same time, he's a real fighter. Like, he is a marsh, a mixed martial artist. Is this like a Money Mayweather kind of thing? Like, In what he, sense? I'm, Tell me what you mean. Nobody likes Money Mayweather. Well. But he is technically. No. Capable. No, because I think there's a huge amount of people who love Conor McGregor. Okay. Conor McGregor is extremely entertaining. Yeah. Conor McGregor is entertaining in the ring and outside the ring. Even with Floyd a heel Mayweather personality. is isn't I, particularly entertaining. No, 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 no. He's I, not fun to watch. Uh-uh. He's not fun in any dynamic. I cannot Well, a lot him. of people, like, but, but the thing about, I think the thing about Conor McGregor is, He's way more entertaining. Okay. Like he 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 rumbles. He gets in there and gets after it. <clears throat> like like Floyd Mayweather is good, but his good is in not getting hit and pot shot in you. Yep. So there's a lot to not like about Floyd because he doesn't put on and Floyd another thing about Floyd is Floyd has has not fought a lot of people when he was supposed to fight him. Mm-hmm. Conor McGregor has literally fought anybody you put in front of him for years yeah. and beat them. I mean, he beat a dude who was 170. And he's fighting at 150, 140. Damn. You know? So yeah. saying all that to say, there's a whole bunch of conversation about WWE wanting Conor McGregor to come and be on Raw. Yeah. Like Triple H is reaching out to him. So, I mean, especially after Conor McGregor has the belt in two different weight classes, he's really done a lot for the UFC. And he's now having conversations about what to do next. I know he's pre- I know his 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 uh his 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 lady friend is pregnant. Mm. So you know, I think in in like the press conference, he was kind of like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I mm-hmm. mean, there's really, like, Conor McGregor talks trash, but the thing is, he's right. He's like, this guy had no business being in the ring with me. Mm-hmm. And once you see the fight, like, if you watch the fight, you're like, yeah. Like, you're right. You're right. And who who's going to fight him next? It's True. almost like he has to go, up to go up to another weight class to get a challenging fight. Yeah. And... Rather than go up to another weight class and ruin his legacy, because then he's going to start putting himself in harm's way. Sure. Because you have to be bigger, heavier, taller, but you can't be like just like Conor McGregor and beat him. Not right now. Not at sure. this point in his career. Sure. So doing something like WWE might be might be a reasonable move. Well, that's interesting because then he would be leaning a lot more into the entertainment and theater of the thing. Yeah. Because, of course... But he's so good at that already. Yeah, so if he's good at that already, then it makes sense to go and do that thing. Yeah, because, I mean, the UFC 
pulls in huge numbers when Connor's on the fight. Yeah. When Connor's on the card, I mean, more so than anybody else. I see. Except maybe Ronda Rousey. Yeah. But Ronda Rousey's not going to be able to deli- doesn't doesn't deliver the same way Connor does as far as exciting fights. That's right. So it'd be interesting to see how that moves forward because, you know, like if UFC don't pay him what he wants to get paid. I mean, he's talking about getting stock in the UFC. Mm. He's talking about saying, look, make me a partner. Like that he's that involved. I in mean, the he like the, the conversation on sports channels are who needs who more. Uh, does the UFC need Conor McGregor? Does Conor McGregor need the UFC? I see. I would argue that the UFC needs Conor McGregor more than Conor McGregor needs the UFC because his legacy is cemented. He could leave today. He has made history. I am the champ. Two different weight classes at the same time. I did it in Madison Square Garden. You guys have made millions of dollars off me. You sold the UFC off my back and Ronda Rousey's back. Nobody has come through and cut through the competition like me. I'm starting with fights with everybody in every different weight class to sell these fights. Look, make me a partner. No, going to WWE and I'm going to get more money. Sure. And nobody will ever be able. No one will ever be able to say anything about me. Yeah. Or I'm going to go fight Floyd Mayweather. Right. That's the other conversation. Right. Like, if Floyd is like, Wait, is he really talking about that? They're, they're, that's the conversation. Like, should Floyd Mayweather fight Conor McGregor? Now look. That'd be amazing. Now look. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather in a boxing ring versus Conor McGregor in a boxing match? Let's not get silly. Yeah. Conor, you don't, you don't want them, bro. That's not what he does. Don't, don't, don't do that. Sure. Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match... You don't want them problems. Sure. Like, let, like, no. Like, doesn't that get too arrogant here? Sure. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Like, that's fun to talk about, but I really don't think Connor wants to. Realistically, you got to stay in your realistically, lane. Realistically, st- exactly. Stay yeah. in your lane. No more than Floyd Mayweather's about to come do an MMA fight because yeah. Floyd would get trashed by the lowest person on the totem pole in his weight class. Mm-hmm. The bottom person on the bench would destroy Floyd Mayweather in an MMA fight. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that Floyd really wants it with, I mean, that Connor really wants it with Floyd. I see that. But anyway, I see that. Uh, okay, we're going to uh, switch channels a little bit. Um, uh, although, you know, HBO does specials on uh, UFC and MMA, right? Boxing. Like, do, do they only do boxing? They don't do MMA. So specifically, we, if you're going to find MMA, you're going to wh- what what network? Pay-per-view. Is it always pay-per-view? Fox. Oh, okay. Uh, they have UFC Fight Night. Yeah. Um, the Ultimate Fighter. Um, yeah. And mixed martial arts is like saying basketball. Sure. Um, there, there's so many different UFC divisions. UFC is like saying NBA. I see. You feel what I'm saying? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So NBA, UFC is a league, but the sport of MMA could happen anywhere. Okay. Well, then, uh, something else altogether. Have you been watching Westworld? Not up to date. Not up to date. No spoilers. But you have watched. Oh, yeah. I'm like episode three, four, something like that. Westworld is hot. The most recent episode was crazy. This season is very interesting. It's an interesting show. Love it or hate it. Uh, people are really invested in this right now. And it seems like HBO has a huge hit on their hands. So they went ahead and teased season two. And that could come as soon as 2017 or 2018, mm-hmm. uh, just a little bit down the road. But uh, there's a, a very small teaser in which you can hear Anthony Hopkins' character, Ford, Speaking a little bit about artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and then uh, a little a little static kind of thing, and season two of Westworld is in development right now. Listen, do what you want. Just make sure I get season two of Insecure. Yeah, yo, hey, Insecure is good. We were just yes. talking about this the other day. Yes, um, it, Westworld. I do this definitely where I yell at the screen, but th- this year, twenty sixteen, 
Insecure is the show that makes me like really gets my goat where yes. I'm sitting on the couch going, Issa, no, no, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's, I'm invested. Yes. I'm invested. I need two things. I need HBO. Cause I know you guys listen. Thank you for the five stars and a positive comment. Really appreciate that. One, I need insecure season two, two, I need hour long episodes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. They breeze. They go by very quickly. Mm. They go by but very it's so quickly. good. Like those short chunks. You know, even, and I think it's, as much as I, I want more, I get it because mm-hmm. they give you the half hour and they cut it off and you're like, oh, I need to know what happens next. So, but if you're not, it's a couple things. If you're not watching Atlanta, watch Atlanta. If you're not watching Westworld, watch Westworld. If you're not watching Insecure, watch Insecure. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that you should be watching. Insecure is very good. And also another show that I didn't keep up with, but I want to keep watching is Ava DuVernay's other show, um, Queen Sugar. I have not seen an episode of it, but I see Twitter blow up every time Queen Sugar is mm-hmm. on. Um, and on that tip, Ava DuVernay's uh, uh, upcoming movie, Wrinkle in Time, has a release date. Yes. Which is very funny to me because they couldn't just go for the teaser trailer. I complain about the teaser before the teaser trailer. And they did not go that route. They did the mannequin challenge. Yes. <laughs> mannequin challenge. They did the mannequin challenge. They did a fantastic job, though, because there was a lot of people in that joint. Yeah. For all of them to sit still that long. I mean, yeah. did they say like 100 some people in that mannequin challenge? The whole crew working on this film. Uh, the, the movie is coming out April 6th, 2018. So we, we've got some work. We've got some time. Um, my one criticism is Mannequin Challenge just isn't the same to me unless Black Beatles is on. I don't even know where Mannequin Challenge came from. I have no idea. I don't know how it got here. But for me, when Black Beatles, like the way the Black Beatles pulses that Mike Will made it, like beat in the background, just works really well with everybody being frozen. Mm-hmm. It's got this weird tense- tension to it. Like it makes it very dramatic, even if it's not at all. Mm-hmm. But if it's not Black Beatles playing, it just doesn't feel the same to me. Well, I'm going to tell you what it, I mean, Black Beatles and all that's great, but I'm going to tell you what's better. Beans, greens, potatoes, <laughs> tomatoes, lamb, ram, hog, dog, chicken, turkey, rabbit, you name it! <laughs> Way better. Best thing on the internet. Yeah, it's good. Woo! It is very good. You get a little Ric Flair in there. That's right. It's on the tail end. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I won't fight you there. I, I don't Just think any, I don't think Race Ramon would fight you on that. That's my either. thoughts. I don't really don't think. Just they telling would. the truth. I'm a truth teller. It's my powers. I'm just uh, telling the truth. I understand. All right. So Harley Quinn's getting a spinoff. That's correct. Okay. What do we know about this? Very little, as far as I understand. Um, it, my my only understanding right now is there is very early conversation after Suicide Squad came out that Harley Quinn was very clearly the highlight of the show. She was the diamond in the rough. Wasn't the Joker, I'll tell you that. Wasn't the Joker. And it was announced. How you going to have a movie? And Joker all over the trailer. Let me tell you what. Joker ain't in in his movie. I got a beef. What kind of city? Oh, you got beef? I do. <laughs> I you do. Got beef. So we knew that Margot Robbie was going to continue uh, her, her uh, portrayal of Harley Quinn because it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. And it was really the highlight of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's getting a spinoff. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like right now. But we do know that uh, it looks like there is a screenwriter set for the film. And let me see. Christina Hodson is the name of the screenwriter. Christina Hodson. Are you familiar with Christina nope. Hodson? Don't know anything about Christina Hodson. Don't know anything about her past work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I really don't have any uh, 
reference point whatsoever. Do what, do what do we know? Do we know anything about? I'm I'm checking out her uh, her wiki. It looks like she's Are we excited about this. It looks like she's she is doing something with Michael Bay. Okay, who's got to do with Transformers? Yeah, got to do. In it fact, does have to do with Transformers. 2018 untitled Bumblebee Transformers film directors TBA. All right, so, this one is. So what does she have to do with that? She's screenwriter. Okay. What is she, do we know what she's done before? She's done a, a, a movie called Shut In. She wrote the script for a movie called isn't Shut that, In. Isn't that out right now? Uh, that was 2014. Oh, okay. 2014. Uh, and some other things. Either way. So we don't really have too much. We have very little. Not much to say yet. But it, it seems to me this is the kind of good news that says, yes, we're focusing on this project. More things will be coming soon. But it's, the, it's that update that says it's, it, it will come. It's coming. So at least we have that. So we know that movie's coming, but we don't really know much besides that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's what we have. What we do know. We do know that Justice League, Justice League Dark is coming out, and we got a trailer. Yeah. Did you check that trailer out? I have not seen that yet. So what do we see in here? Uh, basically, we see all of the sorcerer, dark, demonic, black arts, magic-y side of things. Zatanna, Swamp Thing, a dead man. And uh, that's uh, right. Constantine. Constantine. Yep. Yeah. And this is uh, in DC animated. Yes. Yeah. So short, short version. I'm gonna watch it. Everything DC animated that comes out, I'm gonna watch the same way everything Marvel cinematic comes out. I'm gonna watch. Yeah. I'm just they do such a good job with the animated stuff. You want to see them carry that over into the films, but who knows? Uh, keeping on trailers, the one that I'm really excited for, Kong. The dude is big. Oh my god. Big. Kong Skull Island got a full trailer. Yes. John C. Riley showing up in there. I did not expect that. Didn't expect that. Everything about this trailer is very satisfying to me because I, I love monster movies, but the thing that monster movies always do is they hold out on you. They don't show you the monster in the commercials. You got to see the film. They usually wait until two-thirds of the film are through until un, until you actually get some uh, uh, like giant gorilla Godzilla action. But uh yo, it, it gives it to you in spades in this one. This one looks crazy. Like Kong is just moving around freely. He's fighting these weird things that crawl out of the ground. Yes. It looks like there's a good sense of humor in it. Uh-huh. Uh where John C. Riley is talking about calling the the what is he calling the monsters? Like skull diggers. Yeah. Why'd you call them those? I don't know. You know what? As I said that out loud, I realized that's a pretty dumb name. So yeah. you could you could call it whatever you want. Right. See, it looks like this is going to be a good movie. I'm very excited for Kong I'm in it. Skull we, Island. We can do a one shot on this. Yeah. Yeah. So that is coming soon. But this pales in comparison, evidently, to the trailer that came out this past week. I haven't even watched this trailer. For Beauty and the Beast. Let me tell you what. Okay. Who cares? Who cares? About Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. I mean... I, you can see I didn't even know the trailer came out. Apparently, everyone cares because the Beauty and the Beast trailer is the most watched trailer in history on planet Earth. That new trailer had a total of one hundred twenty-seven point six million views. One hundred twenty-seven million. Yeah, and round that up. So one hundred twenty-eight million views in the first twenty-four hours. Wow, they won. They, but I watch it. Here's my thing, like. Beauty and the Beast, the Disney animated classic, Great. is still a classic. Awesome. And the way that w- this this trailer looks is very similar. We're seeing the clock. What's that clock's name? Cloxy. We're seeing the candle. <laughs> candle boy. We're seeing the teacup. Chip. 
Yeah. We're, like everybody's in it and everybody's familiar. And at the same time, like I just, CG is the new cartoon, it seems. So like this doesn't seem different it's to unfortunate. me. It's unfortunate. It doesn't seem different to we me. We need new cartoons. It's beautiful, but it doesn't seem different. Don't you, wouldn't you like to have more like new cartoons? Yes. Yes. Cartoon movies. Baybakes Kids 2. Yeah. Give me, like whatever happened to It ain't late. time to go. You trying to leave us? That's man, man. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I always yeah. think of man, man. Yeah, as I always think of man, man. Man, like man that. is definitely a baby's kid. Yeah, but it's, I, I would like more cartoons. I would like more animated features. Uh, but if, for me, Beauty and the Beast, I I understand it is classic. It is beloved. It is universal. Uh, but man, I don't know. I'm just not there. It's, it's it doesn't get me the same way Kong gets me. Like, yeah. I'm just not as excited. You know. Doesn't seem new. Doesn't yeah, seem new. I mean, I haven't even seen the trailer yet, so I can't really have an opinion. Oh, I have sorry. to actually watch it, see what I actually feel about it. Yeah, I understand that. All right, so here's some here's some interesting news. We called this one, okay? I'm calling this one comic book Junto exclusive. We called this the thwipping point. The thwipping point. Uh huh. So um, there's word on the street that there might be some rumblings, might be some movement, might be some some situations going on. Yeah, where uh, Marvel and Fox might be having some movie crossover deals yes. in the possible future. Here's why, right? If you haven't seen Deadpool, go see it and then listen to our one shot. Yes. Right? If you haven't seen X-Men Apocalypse, I don't know if I can tell you, go see it. <laughs> oh, look, listen to the show. Definitely but, listen to our know, podcast. If, if you, uh, we want you to listen to the podcast, so go watch the movie and then listen to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a situation... Where oh and also okay so let's let's name all the players here uh-huh. so Guardians of the Galaxy two yep ego is it ego or Vigo ego the living ego planet. the living planet yeah they're using that character uh-huh. right now Fox had the rights to that character that's right they struck up a deal Marvel struck up a deal with Fox because they wanted to use ego the living planet and. Fox wanted to use Negasonic TJ Teenage Warhead That's right. in Deadpool and kind of switch her up a little bit to kind of fit the Deadpool universe. Yeah. So Fox and Marvel struck up a deal and said, look, let us get Ego. We'll let you get, you know what I mean, Negasonic. We work it out. Boom, boom, bam. We all yeah. both will go our different ways. It was like trading cards. Like, so I'll trade you this for that. So they made that happen. Uh-huh. So from word of that happening, it's like, oh, oh okay. Are you guys starting to work together? Is this a thing happening? Yeah. And then we have Legion, which is an X-Men character that's going to be on FX. And Jeff Loeb is a part of making that happen as well. And he's a part of making the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh-huh. on ABC. And so now we're starting to say, so what's... The thwipping point, man. What's good right now? This what's, is what, the what's happening? Point. And so another part of the conversation has been like the success of Spider-Man in Civil War as well, right? And Spider-Man was a Sony property. Right, and Sony was able to collaborate slash lend him to Civil War. And now, so basically Marvel is making a Spider-Man movie, but letting Sony put their name on it, mm-hmm. you know, and then Sony's going to be able to continue to take the Spider-Man properties and do spinoffs and all that kind of stuff. So if the Spider-Man movie that comes out in 2017 is successful and the spinoffs are successful and Fox with X-Men Apocalypse, it really didn't do very well. Nope. Fans weren't really excited about it. It sucked. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a spoiler for how we felt about it. Not good. And, you know, pretty much everybody from that 
X-Men franchise is bouncing. Logan, this is the last Hugh Jackman. Patrick Stewart is bouncing. Ian McKellen's bouncing. Jennifer Lawrence is trying to go. Holly Berry's trying to go. Michael Fassbender's trying to go. It's kind of like that whole X-Men franchise has all these continuity issues and it doesn't really seem like there'd be a whole lot of reason for them to keep it up. And spoilers for Doctor Strange. Spoilers for Doctor Strange. Spoilers for Doctor Strange. Three, two, one. It's your, it's fault. your fault. Doctor Strange just introduced the multiverse. That's right. And if you know what the multiverse is, ultimately that means anything could be happening anywhere in any other alternate universe. That's right. So you look at all that stuff on the table and you go, huh? What does this add up to? You guys are already striking deals. You guys are already sharing characters. We see that Sony's making things happen with Marvel. Maybe Fox might be in a situation where they're ready to play. Yeah, the thing that stands out to me is Jeff Loeb uh, speaking at a panel at New York Comic Con, and he was talking uh, about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel property, and Legion, a Fox property, and he says, uh, the fact that I am sitting here is an indication that bridges are being made. And people like Lauren Schuler Donner who are facilitating that and making that happen. So here is a man who has one foot planted in either universe. And uh, that's a good thing. I yes. think that is a strong sign. Please. That we might see some mutants showing up Please. in the Marvel Universe and so forth. And another and, piece. And let's go to another news story that's connected. Follow with me, Internet. Follow uh, with uh, me. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. I'm with you. Inhumans. Yes. Inhumans was going to be a movie in 20... 20- do we know what year? I was like 18? 2018, I believe. All right. So now Inhumans has, has since been taken off the docket for the cinematic universe and is being turned into a TV show, a series on ABC. Yeah. Now, I think it's a six series, six episode series. The first two episodes are going to be shown in the IMAX theaters. That's the crazy part for me. Which is wild. Yeah. Never ever before done before where they're going to do this about that this this like cross medium john where it's going to debut as if it's a film for several weeks in movie theaters and then the the television series will continue on television this will finally be an inhuman show featuring the royal family black bolt Mm -hmm. karnak triton Medusa. Mm -hmm. Like that is so exciting because when I discovered the Inhumans were coming to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was so ready to see Adelan and Lockjaw and all the Inhuman characters that I love. None of them. (laughs) None of them showing up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So it was just waiting, waiting, waiting for this time to come. But I think the thing that is very notable right now is the fact that Marvel is going to do this first in theaters and then they're going to bring it to TV. And... Part of the conversation that a lot of people have had is they're trying to make Inhumans the the new X-Men since they don't have control over the cinematic control over the X-Men. That's right. And if you also look at what's going on in the comic books, it doesn't really seem like, you know, the most amount of love is being given to the X-Men. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot more focus, a whole lot more stories, a whole lot more everything around Inhumans. Although we know that's going to change soon because Marvel has this huge X-Men initiative. Yes. They're starting X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold. Uh They have a ton of X-Men standalone stories. Jean Grey's getting one. I mean, like... It, there's a lot of new X-Men content in that arc that's coming out very soon, that huge event in Humans versus X-Men. Yes. So it seems like maybe those bridges are being made. And, that's, and, and all of that leads me to think, 
Well, maybe they're ramping up. Yeah. They've done, they've moved in humans from the cinematic universe to TV. Now they're kind of ramping up some comic books. They hadn't had it before. Maybe there's some things going on in the background. Multiverse just opened everything up. Flipping yeah. point. Yep. All we can do is kind of sit back, speculate, and see what happens. Uh-huh. But it's an exciting idea to think that somehow the X-Men, the Fox universe, Deadpool yep. would get built into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Man. It is very exciting. Wow. It is very that, exciting. That's what we all want. Just give the Fantastic Four back. Yeah. Just, man. It, I, I just want to If see. you're not going to give them back, let's strike up a deal and let Marvel do right by them. And you guys just collect the money. Just collect it. Look, do you want a bag of money? <laughs> do you want a bag of money? Hi. Would you like a bag of money? Give us the pro. Give us. All you have to do is creative control. Keep your name on it. Just creative control, strike up a deal, uh-huh. give the fans what they want, whipping point, we called it, and hire us. Yeah. Because we had this idea. Yeah. Yeah. We got stories. Man thing. All right, picture this. Man thing. Okay. Is that it? Is that the, is that the all I get for my pitch? Well, Mephistopheles. <laughs> man thing rolls up. He got a safety pin. All Ah, man thing, I see you have a uh, safety pin. Yeah. It's a, uh, are you here? Because the other gentleman right there, no. didn't, he had one, but he chose not to He's, uh, he says engage nothing. with me in combat. He says nothing. He's got nothing to say. You don't seem much for words. No. Uh, are you about that action? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 About fact. that action. Yes, in fact. Uh, I want to keep it with Marvel. My favorite story that I picked up uh, yeah, over the past week, something that has me so excited, is reading about a, a, uh, a, a particular person who has done a lot of really impressive work over the past year or so. That you might not know she's done. That's right. This was news to me. This is news to me. Her name is Hannah Beachler. And Hannah Beachler is uh, being credited as one of the most important people, uh, the leader of a team of people, I'm sure, for the visuals from Lemonade, Beyonce's Lemonade. Yep. That the whole Lemonade film that came out. Yep. Which was unbelievable. Fruitvale Station. And Moonlight. And Creed. Yep. And Moonlight right now in theaters yes. is being lauded as a gorgeous I have film. Seen, you saw it? I've seen it. I haven't seen it Very yet. Very good. But Very I've heard good. I've heard great things about the way that it was shot. You should see it. I, I can't wait to see it. I'm excited Internet, to see it. You should it. go see Moonlight. The important part here, comic book now. Junto listeners. Ran home. Anna Beachler. Mm-hmm. Now hold on. Let, 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 just let's set this up now. Fruitvale Station. Yeah. Fantastic visuals. Yeah. Okay. Creed. Uh-huh. Fantastic visuals. Lemonade. You know good and well. Fantastic visuals. Uh-huh. Moonlight. Fantastic visuals. So stack all of that up. That's that's the portfolio. That's who we're dealing with. How could it possibly get better? Tell them what it is. She's working on Black Panther. Come on, somebody. All over this place. Black Panther sold it. Yeah. And you know why? Pass the collection plate around because we got to make sure we got the money because we can support this. We have a long time to pass that collection plate around because we. here's the only downside. And, and you and I have talked yeah, about this before. Every time. The downside is 2018. Yeah. Ain't now. Yeah, it's 2016. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, I, I know we're coming, and I was just saying at the top of the show, yeah. time is barreling forward. Yeah. We're moving fast, but uh, she is working on Black Panther. That gives me so much hope for this movie. Black Panther will be a beautiful film. I know it. Ryan Coogler, 
I, I was I was good with Ryan Coogler already. Oh yeah, but now we're just filling it out. And the thing is, she's been working with Ryan Coogler before, so they yeah. they 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 know how to make. They it have happen. chemistry. They yeah. they make good stuff. Yeah, already they make good stuff. I love in this piece. Uh, this uh, is something that I read originally on Refinery Twenty Nine. Um, in this piece, Hannah Beachler uh, actually mentioned specifically that her son, who is eighteen, is holding her to it, holding her accountable for Black Panther being so lit, and says, "My son told me, Mom, you better not mess this one up. <laughs> like, like, you better not mess like, this one up." Okay. So look, excuse me. Consult with your boy because I'm sure he is invested in this property. Yeah, but that is exciting, man. Very, very. I was already excited. And also, you know, you see the cast continuing to fill out. More and more people are coming, like great, great actors and actresses yeah. are getting on the cast. It's just... If Black Panther is not Marvel's best movie they've made, when it comes out, if it is not the best movie they have ever made, I, I will be shocked. Because everything seems like this is just gearing up to a masterpiece. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. All you got to do is wait two years. Is is, is half, this coming out after Infinity Gauntlet? Is Infinity Gauntlet next year? Uh, it's a good question. I think Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity Wars, Infinity Wars, so probably next year. Okay. Um, and and I think the only reason that is is we haven't had. When, when did the last Avengers movie come out? This year? Was it this? You year? know what? Then I bet Infinity is. I don't know. We don't know what we're talking about. We haven't fact checked anything on this conversation. Yeah. Internet, you know what it's hitting for. I have no idea. Uh, last story at the end of our news line. Uh, this one is not nearly as optimistic as our last story, unfortunately. But you know how we like to do this. We like to save the big juicy one, the big difficult one, the one that we're going to chew on for last. Um, this one is coming to us uh, from Bleeding Cool. And this is about a book that's coming up in December. And that book is called Motor Crush. Motor Crush. We saw this at, com- at uh, New York City Comic Con. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we had a, the opportunity to meet the people working on Motor Crush. Uh, that is the team that brought us Batgirl during the New 52. Cameron Batgirl Stewart. Batgirl and Burnside. Yeah, Batgirl and Burnside. Cameron Stewart. Babs Tarr. Uh, also welcoming Brendan Fletcher. Fletcher. They're working on this book, Motor Crush. I read issue zero. I really like it. I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited about it. But here's the thing. The way that comic books work... The way that the comic book industry work works is uh, these stores have to put in orders for books. Uh, an individual local brick and mortar store puts in an order in a catalog and says, yeah, I think people are going to want this book. I'm going to order this many copies. And apparently retailers are not putting in high number pre-orders for this book, even though Batgirl is a big hit, even though by all signs, Motor Crush is backed by this great creative team and it's a good book and it's like it's a fresh new property from Image. And the thing that is crushing to me is as Bleeding Cool reports, retailers are admitting to not putting in a lot of orders because the story centers on a black female character. And that's who's on the cover. I'm like, I'm, I read this when, it, when this came across me, I read this and I thought, no, this is not true. That's not a thing. Donald Trump's not the president. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I basically <laughs> I mean, had there's, that. There's just no way they're going to elect Donald Trump. Because, you know, like, and this is the thing. Same thing with Donald Trump. You know, you have all this 
seemingly solid evidence. Mm-hmm. No, this is not the case. Nah, I no. read issue zero. America. I know who these characters, the, these creators are. Man, the free home of the brave. None of it lines up. So, like, what what this admission is, and and I can only my president is black. All we can all we can do. I I have to I have to iterate this. All we can do is trust whatever sources are bringing this information because, you know, this is maybe the kind of thing that's like. Let me just tell you this on the sly, right? And the and bleeding cool goes with it because I think there's a story there. But apparently, some retailers are admitting that they think. Here's the kicker: they think that their audiences and their customers won't buy it because the customers are prejudiced and won't want a book about not a us. Black it's, woman. it's not us. It's not the retailer. It's just we're just giving people what they want. Look, look, listen. You smell that? I smell bullshit, <laughs> guys. That's ridiculous. This is the same thing that happened with Nightwing. You know, if if you don't support books that you are into, then, you know, retailers aren't going to invest in them. Um, and unfortunately, we live in a time period where in one breath, we hear a lot of people who are in geek culture go, why is Thor a woman? Why is Captain America black? Why is Iron Man a black 15-year-old girl? Why is, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why can't they just stand there? Why is Spider-Man black and Latino? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, why don't you just make new characters? Why don't you just make new characters? Why don't you oh, just here's make a new, new character for you. Okay, so we're going to make a new character, new story. We're going to pick a trusted creative team, illustrators, writers. We're going to back it. We're going to put energy behind it. We're going to make something new. We're going to invest in representation. And here it is. And unfortunately, we live in a time where that is risky. Yeah. And you might not want to really acknowledge that, geek culture, but it is. Yeah. That's a risk for a retailer. That's a risk for a creative team. That's a risk for a comic book store. And unfortunately, Someone's got to step out on a limb and order those. Yeah. And we have to do our part and go, thank you for listening to us. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't just complain. We can't just be loud. And at the same time, we also can't let the retailers off at the same time. So it's, 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 it's both. It's on us to be able to make our voice heard with our, with our words, deeds and dollars. Hey, yeah. And dollars. That's an important addition. Because if, if you actually want to support the work that's coming out, I mean, you've got to put your money toward it, right? And this is one of the way, the, the reasons that I grapple with being, you know, a, a, a supporter of new comics. Like, what I want to do is I always want to pick up Batman because I love Batman. What I also always want to do is I want to look for new number ones. I want to look for new properties. And I want to have to... I want to dig a little bit because sometimes the things that are on the front of the rack are the things that get top billing mm-hmm. and they may not need the same support. You know, I want to look for things that need need love, need someone to put their money up and say, yeah, I'm going to support this. So, you know, that's an important part of being a consumer who is interested in a medium, in an industry, in an art form. And I want to further this. I want to, I want to raise this point. Huh. It's absolute BS. For any comic book retailer saying out of their mouth, we're not going to order this comic book. The reason being, we don't think our audience wants to buy a comic book with a black female lead. Yeah. That's absolute nonsense. Yeah, I'm not here. How are you going to make the call that because of color, of the skin, the skin color of the lead character, what about 
Reborn. Greg Capullo out here with Mark Millar. Brand new book. Is that part of Image? That's Image, right? Image. Image. Or, uh, you know what? That's a good question because Millar has his own thing, his imprint, Millar World. Millar World. Well, yeah. well, either way, white woman, lead character, ain't nobody saying nothing about that. But th- this is the point I'm making. The fact that this even has to cross your head for the retailer to go, mm, well, the main character is black. I wonder if they're going to buy it. Like, yeah. The the fact that, that ev- that's even a conversation because we can debate whether or not that's racism or not or whatever or is it business because there's there's a little bit of both in there. If you if you're mm-hmm. honest, there's a part where you know, this is a business. You don't want to have 100 issues of Motor Crush number 1 sitting there and no one's buying it. Yeah. So that's a real part. And then another part of it is, well if it's a good story, why don't you champion it? Yeah. Why don't you help put your new care cu- customers to it. Have you read the book? Have you looked into it? Did you sell Batgirl or Burnside? Do you trust this creative team? We'll follow Greg Capullo wherever he goes. We'll mm-hmm. follow Scott Snyder wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. But Bab Starr comes over here and says she want to do this, but because she's black, her, this character's blackness like almost casts a shadow on this book now, mm-hmm. and now you're not willing to take the risk mm-hmm. to, to, to support this book because now I think, I really think that's a cop-out and I think you should be more courageous. I agree. That's, that's my challenge. Don't be lazy if you're going to have a comic book store. Yeah. Don't be lazy and make the excuse that, well, it's going to be a hard sell. Yeah. If you believe in diversity, if you believe in representation, more than just dollars, comic book store owners, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm kind of giving you the, that's cool, but, you know what I'm saying? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. You have to do more than just, oh, well, you know. Because Nightwing was great, but I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, putting some push behind that book because not many people knew about that book i don't think i didn't see a lot of promotions or anything for that book yeah so it kind of came and went and then you can point it at oh well they didn't buy it much yeah so you know it, the, the reason that i just you know I, not, I, not not nightwing nighthawk I keep saying nighthawk nighthawk keep uh, nightwing. from david I mean, walker nighthawk from david f walker yeah i apologize uh, the, the reason that i want to uh, i want to announce i'm, I'm going to take this story with a grain of salt one because of, it has only come across f- from one website so far. I've only seen this covered on Bleeding Cool, not on some of the other sources that I've seen. So maybe they just got this exclusive line, some some insight. Who knows? But I've only seen it so far in one place. So I would, I'm waiting to see if there's some more confirmation or this is just you know some some loosey goosey rumor mill. But at the same well, time, I mean something I, I want to bring I hope, up. I hope I, I would like it to be. You know, in a time when we talk about fake news and the importance of like authentic news, you know, it's something that I would like to see are more people covering this, anybody else investigating this, the validity of it, that kind of thing. And the reason that I say so is because I am genuinely surprised because can you not tell me that Riri, Walking Dead and Michonne sell, that Riri sells, Moon Girl, Double Dinosaur, that uh, Kamala Khan sells. Yeah. Uh, Southern Bastards, one yeah. of the books that I love on it, its image. It comes from yeah. image. It, and the main character in this arc is a black woman. I mean, like, I see I see this expectation of this broad, expe- this expectation of broad racism. Like, people won't buy a comic book if the main character is a black woman. But I also see actual evidence that that is false. So I'm just looking at this story and saying, huh? I think the point here to be made is the fact that the story is believable. Good point. You, you know, know what I mean? That, that, that is a, that is a like, very valid point. The, the, the idea that I can even look at this and give it any credit 
is upsetting. Yeah, and I think if we find out, I'll say this. If we find out it's not true, it's like, whew, good. Yeah, that's awesome. Thankful. But it's worthy of investigation. And at the same time, it's like, it's unfortunate that I, be- <laughs> that I believe it because it doesn't seem too far-fetched. No, no. Um, but you don't, you don't want to believe it, you know? You don't want to believe it because you just want to think that things have come along and that things that, you know, but at the same time, president is, President-elect is Trump. <sighs> yeah, that's true. So well, let's just say from us, we've met, the, we've met the creatives. We've seen issue number zero. We've seen the artwork. We've had a conversation with them. We think it's fantastic. And when it comes out, it's something that we'd like to cover for Book of the Week. So we want to champion it, regardless of whether this story is true or not. We want to really encourage you guys to pick up Motor Crush and check it out. Yeah. Yeah, and based on everything that I have read from that issue zero, I really enjoyed it a lot. Issue number one is going to hit the stands on December 7th. So look forward to that. Not next week, but the following. All right, so that's the news. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go into Talk Back. Yeah. Take us there. Okay, so Talk Back is the segment of Comic Book Junto when we give you an opportunity to talk to us and with us because we want to hear from you. We want to talk to you. Uh, If you have questions for us, whether they're about comics or if they're about life or if they're about uh, political affiliation, I mean, whatever's on your mind that you want to walk through with Octavius and I, that's what we are here for. So you can find us on Twitter. You can uh, tweet at us at Comic Book Junto. You can also email us, email the show, and that is... uh, Man, my brain just turned off right now. Comic Comic Book Junto at Bear Fruit. Dot com. You got it. Comic book junto at B3ARFRUIT dot com. You did it, Adam. I uh, doubted you for a moment. Emails, tweets, smoke signals, whatever you got to do if you want to get in touch with carrier us. Carrier pigeon. Skywriting. Carrier pigeon. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, take, you know, get a tattoo, take a picture of your tattoo. Wow. You know, if, if it's a pressing issue that you think you will hold on to for a very long time, you know, hit me with that. Tag me in that Instagram. Snap it. Um, but this is the, the the part of the show that I enjoy perhaps the most because it means we get to connect with y'all. And uh, today I have an email that we got from a new listener, and this email is in response to our most recent one shot. In fact, which was a one shot episode that reviews Doctor Strange, and this email comes to us uh, from uh, a, a listener named Rachel. And uh, right off the bat, I want to thank Rachel for taking the time to A, listen to the show, and B, send what I think is a thoughtful email, a thoughtful response with some interesting ideas to us. And I I wanted to tackle that one right now. So I'm going to read the email, and then we're going to get into it. All right. Email starts like this. Hello. Well, hello. Hello there. First, I would like to say that I enjoyed your review. I stumbled across your podcast while looking to see if anyone had analyzed the movie yet. I honestly didn't notice some of the things that you did, so it was very eye-opening. At least in part because my cultural background, I don't often pick up on subtle racism, and I thought you addressed the topic with an appropriate attitude of seriousness without becoming aggressive. That said, I wanted to point something out. You addressed the fact that the Ancient One was Celtic, and how making her white was a mark toward the racism argument. I understand your logic, but I heard the line a little differently. They didn't say that she was Irish, Scottish, or French. They said Celtic. 
which to my ears is a subtle hint at just how old she is. Today, people tend to distinguish between the political nationalities of the various Celtic peoples. But if that isn't an option, she has to be older than British colonialism. Even if she was only as old as the early period of English expansion, as a Celt, she, she would have been a second-class citizen at best, a candidate for slave or pagan to be killed at worst. The Celtic people were historically victims of exploitation enslaved by the Romans, often enslaved by the English when conquered in war. If she is that old, she would have been at best the candidates to lead an international institution at that point in time. She would have been thoroughly aware of the dangers of class and ethnic divisions. I had other things I wanted to respond to, but after typing that out, I figured I should probably just leave it at that. Only, Strange is the first MCU character that, as a hero, I feel like I can relate to. And the last thing I want to do is annoy people the way uh, he and Stark tend to. Strange may not be... (laughs) That's understandable. I completely get that. Strange may not be a flashy action hero, but that's part of what makes him uh, feel so relatable. Apologize if anything I've said was received as offensive that is the most definitely not my intention this is coming from rachel all right your thoughts uh rachel i want to i want to thank you again and i want to tell you that none of that for me at least is received as offensive nor was i i wasn't offended either no not in the least um i uh, i appreciate having an open mind to things that are happening in a movie to anything in a story and i appreciate any opportunity of, uh, this is something that I'm picking up from ta Coates, of interrogating the world around you, like looking at things, not taking them for granted, and asking questions about them, staying curious. Um, and something that I personally appreciate as well, I've talked about on the show in previous episodes, is the, a, a form of apologetics. And when I say apologetics, I mean coming up with answers to things that may not have been explained in the movie. If there was a plot hole or something didn't make sense in a story or, or uh, on the screen, coming up with some answers to justify it, to validate it. A friend of mine calls that head canon. You know? Like, it's not canon in the film, but it's canon in my head. I made that work. Mm. Right? So I think in this instance, Interesting. Head, this, this version of head canon is I'm not upset about uh, the whitewashed role of the ancient one not being Tibetan, that role being given to Tilda Swinton, because my head canon, my explanation is the, the Celtic people, ancient Celtic people, have also been victims of oppression. So I want to say that I appreciate uh, just being someone who is creative and imaginative enough to defend things that are maybe not thoroughly explained. I also want to respectfully disagree. I also want to respectfully say, I do not think that is the point at all. Um, in 2016, we're dealing with privileges of white people, privileges of, of a certain class of people and a certain uh, skin tone, a certain race of people. And if this is in fact the angle that Marvel and the screenwriter wanted to take, I really think they would have played that up when they were taking some heat on casting Tilda Swinton. If this was in fact what Tilda Swinton wanted to embody in the film, 
I really think Tilda Swinton would have offered this as an opportunity to say, you know what? I wanted to show oppression in a different light. I wanted to show this, that, and the other thing. But I'm, I'm going to just say, I do not buy that, not for an instant, that that explanation does not work for me. And it's important to say that while oppression is oppression and struggle is struggle, you can't just erase somebody else's actual struggle and cover it up with a, a different a, a, a oppressed people. Like you can't say I'm cool with this, not going to a Tibetan person. I'm cool with this, not being an Asian actor because well, the, the Celts were oppressed at some point in time in history as well. That, that, that does not hold for me. That don't hold water. Not at all. Not, not even remotely. And I just want to bring this up. Like whitewashing in film is a thing that exists, right? And this is just an instance of it. If this was the first time I had ever seen a white person playing the role of someone who is traditionally not white, then I probably would have had more creativity toward considering why that choice was made. But what I know is this is a historic pattern that has happened in films for a long freaking time. A long time. This is just one new installment of a problem we've been dealing with for a long time. So the, the apologetics are fun to work through, if, especially if it makes you feel a little more comfortable. But I'm just going to sit with my discomfort on this one because it don't work for me. What do you think, Octavius? Well, <clears throat> I... Uh trying to think about how do I how do I approach this I understand what you are saying what is the what is the writer's name Rachel I understand what you're saying Rachel um and to be honest with you I'm not familiar with the Celtic background so um I appreciate the insight and the perspective that you're presenting and I think that that is you know helpful to present and I get where you're coming from and I think that's entirely not the point. Yeah. Like, and both are true. Like your point presented, understood. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. That's nobody's talking about that. That's not even what's on the table. Um, and I think that both of our points are fair to be on the table at the same time. Yeah. Because that's just not what we're talking about. The whole conversation, or at least my point of this is look, you have taken a person of color who is traditionally a person of color, specifically Asian, yeah. which is not represented much no. in film at all. Very little representation. And you have decided to make them white. Mm -hmm. That's the conversation. I, it's not about, oh, well, you know, let's, let's find another oppressed group. Um, and it just sounds like some okie doke stuff. It just sounds like a red herring. It just sounds like a distraction of the real conversation. Mm -hmm. The real conversation is, look, guys, you whitewash the character mm -hmm. and you're, you're not going to be able to like smooth it over with some other kind of excuse or some other kind of reasoning or some kind of other, well, well here's, here's, here's where we're actually showing diversity. No, you're not showing diversity. You are, in my opinion, taking a non-courageous way out. Yeah. There's a courageous way to deal with this conflict because, and I even found it interesting, you had the traditional Tibetan monk 
stereotypical character, spoiler, spoilers for, you know, Doctor Strange, you had that character in the in the movie. Not with a speaking role. Right. But what my point is... Yeah, but that is all the point. My, my point is... That person didn't get a speaking role. You did it. The, th- the whole thing you said you were trying to avoid, you did it, but you used it as a plot point. You, you feel what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. You did so. You wanted to use you. You didn't feel comfortable using an Asian character to play the traditionally Asian character from canon, but you felt comfortable using an Asian character for a, a a gotcha moment. Sure, you could use it for a gotcha moment, but you couldn't use it for. I'm not. I'm not rolling. I'm not trying to hear it. Yo, you know what's interesting? Do you get what I'm saying about the gotcha moment? Like you'll do oh, the yeah. gotcha moment. We, yeah, we can do that. But yeah. we're not going to build our entire franchise. We're not going to build our marketing around an Asian guy, right? Or an Asian woman, right? We're not going to do that. That that's because it might. Because again, it might not sell. Yeah. Nah, man. Nah, don't. That's not the point. Don't get distracted. Stay woke. You know what I mean? Like while there while there's there are other valid points to bring up. And I like the whole idea of headcanon. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. You have taken a character that's traditionally a person of color and you've made them white. That is called whitewashing. It happens in Hollywood all the time. And it's not something that we're going to stand for and stand by idly and go, well, you know, let's assume positive intent. You know what I mean? Like, I will will watch the movie to see what you do with it. But at the same time, I'm going to call a spade a spade. It's whitewashing. Yeah. And I'm not going to dress it up and try to make it nice and pretty and make it easy for you to swallow and make you comfortable while I call out whitewashing. Like my job, my responsibility, if I'm calling something out, is not to make the people who are responsible for doing it comfortable. You know what I mean? I don't want to add a fence. I don't want to be a jerk while I do it. But I'm not particularly trying to make you feel comfy, comfy as I call out the issue. Yeah, you and know? It, it, like um, I really want to point this out that when I when I talk about apologetics, I sincerely have love for the ability for people to look at something and try to connect the dots where there is a gap. Like I, especially as a geek, yo, I, I can't tell you how much fun it is for me to watch something, to enjoy something, and to love it unabashedly, and to say, well, let, let me come up with some imaginative purpose behind why this did that. You know, I I genuinely think that's fun. I think that's good practice. I think it's it's excellent exercise to be creative and and look at stories and, and find ways, new ways to enjoy them and and to enjoy them longer and to share that enjoyment. But like you said, Ak, I have to call a spade a spade because this is bigger. For me, this is bigger than that. This is a cultural thing that transcends just my geek culture, just my my uh, my desire to have some fun. Whitewatching is a thing. You remember in 2013, the Lone Ranger movie came out? Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp plays Tonto. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp is not a Native American man. Johnny Depp is not... He, he's not an indigenous person. And he played Tonto. And like... Johnny Depp is a good actor. Johnny Depp is super fun to watch. I love seeing him in movies. That is still whitewashing. I could come up with a thousand reasons as to why, you know, maybe the character now is actually uh, a, a white guy who was raised with indigenous people. He was raised as a Native American within the context of this universe. And then he paints himself. He 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 is totally like with the, the, the culture and he's yeah, been yeah, raised yeah. with it. Uh-huh. Like, and yeah, it's whitewashing. But it's whitewashing. <laughs> yeah. It is whitewashing. Yeah. So like we we 
can't, I don't think we can afford to ignore that reality just to make things make sense in our mind. It's still to give it a chance. Did you give it a chance argument? And this, in a, in a, in a sense, it's yeah. kind of like, okay, but we're not going to normalize. We're not going to normalize this. We're not going to get to the point where we go, ah, yeah, ah, nah. Like this week, we got to call it out. This week, the Ghost in the Shell trailer came out. The full Ghost in the Shell trailer came out, and I read an essay that was written by a friend of mine, someone that I know, in which he's defending. Uh, the opportunity to give Scarlett Johansson a chance. Of course, Scarlett Johansson is playing Major Kusanagi. Scarlett Johansson is not a Japanese woman, so the expectation is Major would be a Japanese woman, but that is not the case, so this is whitewashing. So my, my, my friend who wrote this piece says, here's the thing. Let me give you an in-universe context explanation as to why this could make sense so we can give it the benefit of the, benefit of the doubt. And he provides some evidence and some interesting philosophy and some, some idea of, of why it could be possible that maybe within this universe, when your like soul, your ghost can inhabit any physical form and mm. aesthetic, why mm. it would choose to look like Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Yeah. And that's not the point. <clears throat> that is not the point. That's, that is not the point. It's that, that That is a privileged perspective. And let me explain, yeah. express to you where I'm coming from. You're not coming from the position of being the underrepresented community. So you're punching down. You have a privileged perspective to go, well, because you're not the one who is being oppressed by the issue. Yeah. So you have a little more freedom and an emotional mental wiggle room to kind of justify it and be okay with it because you're not the person who's being struck by it. You see what I'm saying? You're not yeah. the person who's being offended by it. You're not the person who's being underrepresented by it. So the list of priorities in your head could possibly be a little different. Yeah. It could be like, well, let's think about how the story could be. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. That person once was Asian. I was excited to see a person who looked like me on TV or in the cinema. They're now white. Yeah. Don't explain to me why it's happening. I don't care because that's not what we're talking about. So stop explaining. Here's what I tell people all the time, right? And this is, this is an analogy. I might give you an example. If you step on my foot, I don't want to hear why you stepped on my foot. I don't want to know what happened. Well, you see, I was carrying this cup of first thing out of your mouth should be. I'm sorry. That's what, that's what I want to hear. My bad. I, excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, pardon me. If you bump into someone in a club, in a bar, down the street, in a let out from a concert, you don't want to go, well, I was, the first thing out of your mouth should be, excuse me. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. Apologize. If I hit somebody with a car, <laughs> you know? I don't want to jump out the car and go, I was rushing to get home to my wife because, you know... I promise that I was first thing out of your mouth should be, oh my gosh, are you okay? Yeah. That's the first thing you should say. So in these scenarios, you got to understand pe the, the people, people of color who are underrepresented. When you come with the well-meaning, well, maybe here's why they hit you with the car. Yeah. I'm bleeding. Yeah. Uh, perspective. I'm bleeding. Yeah. I don't want to know why you hit me. I want to hear, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to hit you. It was wrong that I hit you. And I was the one who hit you. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm going to take responsibility for it and I'm going to fix it. That's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Don't explain. Don't ask me to sympathize because what you're doing is you're asking me to sympathize with my op- oppressor. That's right. Yeah. I'm the one who's being oppressed. I'm the one who's underrepresented and you want me to sit. Well, let me under, let me see if I can understand why they're taking away my characters. It's just not. Let me point. let me try to understand it from their perspective and their point of view. Let me try to. Are they empathizing with me? Are they sympathizing with me? Are they connecting with me? This is this is what it's like to be a person who's a part of these communities. You're constantly called up to understand and sympathize and empathize and give it a chance. Like yeah. this is this is what life is. Yeah. It, but, but very rarely do you hear the majority culture going. No, you're wrong. And That's not right. only are you wrong, you need to apologize and you better fix it and fix it now. That's right. You see what I'm saying? So that's perspective for you. I, you're like, I, I, again, I'm just going to reiterate this because I don't think I can possibly emphasize this enough. Love to you, Rachel. Uh, there is grace for you. Yes. And, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you took the time to put into words how you feel and, and some some possibilities, some, some new angles to take yes. a look at. But it, it is my opinion... As, as a member of Comic Book Junto, as a member of geek culture, as a white man, it is my opinion that the reality of, of whitewashing and what it does and what it endorses, which is oppressing people who are disenfranchised, the reality of that thing is too large to ignore. And to ignore it and to cover it with creative explanation, it, it is irresponsible. In my opinion, it is irresponsible. That irresponsibility begins with the people who are doing the casting. It includes the people making the movie. It includes the people who take the role to make that actual actually happen. But I also think it extends to the, the fans, to the audience, to the consumers, that it is irresponsible. And I'm telling you that I'm not here for that. I will spend all of my time Explaining using apologetics why Queen Amidala is capable of landing her spaceship by just pressing one button. <laughs> I will explain that away. I, will, I promise I will justify that because that's fun. But to ignore whitewashing and to cover it up with some fiction, I won't do that. I won't do that. And that is our email for the talk back segment. <laughs> and that's that. So, if you have any questions that you want to hit us with, you can hit us with them on Twitter using hashtag AskCBJ, or you can send us emails to comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. That's comicbookjunto at b3arfruit.com. And we could read the question aloud on the show and answer it. So, please do send us those questions. Please do send us your feedback on what you think about our feedback on this question was we love hearing from you guys we love this segment right here we really want more of you guys to participate in this Mm. honestly transparency this section has kind of gotten a little lean it's gotten a little lean Mm -hmm. even though our numbers and our listens are going up Mm -hmm. so our numbers and our listenings are going up but the talkback section is getting lean Mm -hmm. so this is the part in the class where we go anybody got any questions and then nobody says anything and then mm. as soon as the class is over, people run up to you and go, hey, I got a question. So we're open. Oh, there's this new app called Whale. Yeah, what is this? So Whale basically is a situation where you can ask people questions and they'll respond to them via video. 
So you can hop on there and film yourself asking somebody a question and they will film themselves responding to you. So check out that app. I'm on Whale. I think I'm going to try to convince Adam to get on Whale. So yeah. you can ask us questions there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I don't know how to Snapchat. I don't know how to make Cool Monster. So like, I'm, I will try Whale. Try it. I will yeah. try well. It's, I, I won't guarantee like results. The, if you're on Apple, if you're on the Apple App Store, the icon looks like a whale. Oh, okay. And you know, you like whale, like whale out loud. Yeah. So yeah, ask me questions on there and I can answer them on the show as well. Okay. I, I mean, I like hearing from you guys. Adam likes hearing from you guys. And we like you guys make this show what it is. So we want to incorporate you in the show. So please take advantage of that. Yes. Boom. Yes, yes. All right. Now we're going to get to the pool list. Uh, of course, we're recording... A little bit later in the week this week. Apologies. Sometimes things come up. Uh, Octavius and I are recovering still from Shin Godzilla. Yes. And we're, we're getting closer and closer. But sometimes some of this stuff just makes it a little difficult to get things done in a timely manner. Uh, on Wednesday, I would have said... Happy Brown Bag happy Day. Happy Brown Bag Day. Happy Brown Bag Day to all of our listeners. Yes. Um, but uh, on Friday... Happy belated Brown Bag Day. That is Whoa. true. One, two, three. I'm looking at my stack this right now, and control. this was a big week. Goodness Dog, gracious. look at... Oh! Wow. You bought out, out the store. Yeah. Wow. It's got to stop. Wow. It's getting out of hand. Okay, in 140 characters or less, try to tell me what books you picked up. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, <laughs> lambs, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken. T- <laughs> you name it. <laughs> Anytime you, you ask me for a list of anything for a while, yeah. you're going you're gonna to get yeah. that. So just get ready. <laughs> um, all right. So I got Superman number 11. I got Batman number 11. I got Black Panther number eight, book of the week. I got Spider-Man number nine, possibly book of the week, I think. I got Reborn issue number one and two. So Greg Capullo and Mark Millar, I'm really enjoying this comic. I want to suggest you guys pick that up. Honorable mention, that's cool. Um, I really would like to do that for book of the week. We got so many books, man. We do. We do. Um, Trinity, number three. Jessica Jones, number two. Honorable mention here, All-Star Batman number four, so much fun. And Captain America, Sam Wills, Sam Wills, Captain America, fit number 15, Infamous Iron Man number two. It's too much. Oh, and Killer Be Killed number four. It's yes. Out of, out of yeah. Hand. yeah, Killer Be so Killed number books, four. Man. I don't, I don't think know. we did number three. No, uh, we missed number three. For a, a book of the week, but it is. it continues to be really, really excellent, and it's worth your time. Uh, mature audiences on Killer Be Killed. Dang. It's, uh, it's a heavy one. Uh, my stack, I'm looking at Batman number 11. I'm looking at Black Hammer number five, Black Panther number eight, Jessica Jones number two, Killer Be Killed number four, and Spidey Man number nine. Uh, two, what is it? Two books from Bendis, Jessica Jones and Civil or Spider-Man nine. Both of those are from yeah. Brian Michael Bendis. Um, and, you know, here's, here's a new thing. Just from everything that I have, I've read this week, let me just go ahead and pick a favorite from what I've read. Batman is amazing. Mm-hmm. Batman is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it continues to be amazing. Batman 11. Yeah. Ho, 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 ho. So at this point in time, we're left with trying to decide between four books that we've all had. At, well, actually five, but we didn't even talk about Kill or be killed because we're behind on that. So, internet, this is getting hard. So, Black Panther number eight, I'm just going to say we have to talk about it. I think we got to because this is the end of an arc. Yes. Got to talk about that. Um, Batman number 11, I feel like we have to talk about that. So, here's my suggestion. 
If I just, and Spider-Man, we got to talk about that. I just want to put this one out here. Gosh. I want to do Batman 11. I want to do Black Panther. Spider-Man is a little bit of a different thing this week. This issue, I think, will be a very quick conversation with Spider-Man. So I have some things I want to say about this issue. Just start with that then. Uh, so we, we, we want to start there? Yeah. All right, let me just start there then. Um, Spider-Man number nine. Wait, spoilers. Yeah, so at this point in time, we're going to get into an analysis of our books. We're going to talk at length about the details, the plot arcs, the dialogue. We don't want to spoil that experience for you. So if you have not picked up that book, go out and pick it up now. Um, and when you're done and you've read it, join us for this conversation. Spider-Man number nine. Spoilers. Three, two, one. It's your fault. It's your fault. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis is the writer. The artist is Nico Leon. Um, again, we are picking up when we have discovered in the plots of uh, the plot of Civil War II that everyone has experienced a vision. Ulysses, the Inhuman, has everyone experienced this vision in which Miles Morales has killed Steve Rogers. So that's interesting, huh? Um, and what I want to bring up about this issue is because we're going to bust through this real quick and just kind of like mention the big point. Yeah. No Miles Morales in this issue. I mean, we, we're kind of taking a break and we're joining his friends, the supporting yeah, cast. Yeah. Because this is heavily connected to Civil War. Yeah. And that's Civil War number six, is it? I believe. I believe so. Yeah. So the, the long and short of this is Miles is missing. Yep. And we see the same, like, two, two panel spread that we saw in Civil War, I think, number five, which was where, Civil War two number five, where we see, hey, you know, that vision, Spider-Man uh, is killed Captain America at the Capitol. Yep. So, yep. he's gone missing, Ginky's worried, Miss Marvel's worried, Nova's worried, um, Miles' dad is worried, Gold Balls is worried. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's worried. Bombshell's worried. Um, um, the, 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 the YouTube star. The vlogger is worried. Yeah, she's worried. Everybody's, everybody's concerned. Where is Spider-Man? And, you know, Miles' dad goes into S.H.I.E.L.D., talks to... I always forget her name. What is Maria name? Hill. Maria Hill. And Maria Hill's basically like, look, you know, she lies to him and says, I've got him in custody. When she doesn't. Yeah. Have him in custody. So he's upset about that. Genki meets up with the vlogger and tries to, you know, get her help. And she ultimately goes on, you know, YouTube, U-Webs, whatever it's called, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And says, look, help me find him. And, you know, Genki and what's her name? Uh, that's Bombshell? No. The, 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 oh, the oh Danica. Danica Hart. Yeah. Genki and Danica are on top of her little... Uh, special area or like hangout area the perch the perch and they're looking for him and ultimately they find out that miles is at the capitol yeah hanging out uh-huh now was that riri that flew by it looks like riri to me uh because otherwise we would have said it's worm that's roadie yeah, yeah that's roadie but we know that's not roadie can't be roadie right so uh that that iron man looking suit that 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 flashes past uh both uh danica and genki when they're up on the perch uh, i assume that is riri and she's blasting toward dc and everybody is getting these reports in uh that Evidently, there have been sightings of the Spider-Man in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol. And uh, Genki puts it together very quickly. Oh, God, they're going to kill him. So here's the thing about this issue. This issue is, for me, kind of interstitial. Um, we, we don't get major progress. We don't spend time with Miles. We just get 
to experience some of his supporting cast, his his friends and his family. Uh, everyone is worried, but it's mostly just some. I think mostly inconsequential dialogue that helps us flesh out Miles' world, the world that's around him. Um, The thing that I wanted to bring up with this book is something that I notice from time to time, and I notice in this issue in particular, and tell me if you picked up on this one, but let me talk about the cover for a second. Yeah. The cover of this issue shows Miles Morales duking it out with Agent Venom. Um, that is a uh, Flash Thompson in his like crazy, like spacey Guardians of the Galaxy Venom suit. So, you know, when I'm picking up this book, I'm thinking we're going to experience that. I remember in Civil War II, there was a fight between Venom and Miles, and Venom was saying, You don't smell like Spider Man. You're not Spider Man. This is not, I don't know what this You're not situation my Spider-Man. is. You're not my Spider Man. And we got that kind of like, uh, reflection of the internet and people who are discrediting Miles Morales as a character because it's not Peter Parker, right? So we had that experience. So I'm fully expecting at least a confrontation between Flash, Thompson, Venom, and Miles Morales, Spider-Man. That is not in this book. And if you have read this book, and I hope you have if you're listening to this right now, that is not in this book. So... I think perhaps I would have liked this issue quite a bit if that expectation was not set. Um, I understand that the cover of the book is not a preview for the contents of the book. Not always. It's supposed to be. So, well, not always. You know, it's sometimes not always, it's just it's, a, it's odd a when pose it's not. or whatever. But like, it is odd when it's not. You brought up the point. If this was a variant, that's a different thing. But like, I guess don't judge a book by its cover. Literally, uh, I don't know but about that. What a dog! I like. I was expecting some kind of action, and we talk about action today. We talk about action. There's not action. What if this. I went back to the compost store and like I want a refund? <laughs> I bought this book for Venom, and I did not get what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, so we, we we don't have a lot of action in this. Um, yeah. Not not the best issue of Spider Man from. Brian Michael Bendis. My assumption is this is the the product of maybe some weird scheduling issues. We know Civil War II keeps getting bumped back, bumped back, bumped back. Yeah. And we also know that Miles Morales is an integral part of that story right now. So I suppose we need to just take a minute, spend some time with Adam right now. But we don't really go forward. It's perfectly enjoyable, but there's just nothing notable about this issue. Yeah. Little to say. Jessica Jones, number two. Just want to say this real quick. I'm enjoying this book. Great stuff between Luke and Jessica, Luke Cage and yeah. Jessica Jones. Um, very interesting to see what's going on. I would suggest picking it up. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I love the end of it because one of my uh, uh, favorite bad guys that I'm most familiar with from Daredevil, Daredevil. The Spot. Yeah, spot shows up. I like the spot. There's there's something really weird and twisted about the spot, and and it's it's fun to see him pop into the scene, if only at a limb at a time. You know, you only ever see like the spot's foot, the spot's arm, never shows up all the way. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's get into Batman. So Batman number eleven. I am suicide part three. So. Let's get right into it. We open- Again, with the false advertising on the cover, okay? Because Bane is wearing clothes. Yeah. And we know Bane stay butt naked these days. <laughs> stay butt naked. So we open up with Batman chasing after um, 
Catwoman, we see some really cool stuff with them going back and forth in the conversation they're having where Batman's like, look, chill out, yo. You know, I'm coming to take you in. And Catwoman was like, nah, man, they're going to kill me. You know, if they take me in, you know what's going to go down. You know what's hitting for? It's going to be bad. It's going to be a bad situation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Catwoman's just not having it. She Even she jumped off a building and broke her ACL and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she's really trying to get away. And Batman's just keep saying to her, it's like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know, like, what do you want me to do? We've got 237 people that you kill. Like, I yeah. have to I have to take you in. And it is so clear that they're just kind of playing. Like, Batman is just filling the role that he's supposed to. I had to chase you. And Catwoman says, I had to run. And they're just playing the game. They've had sexual tension before. They've had a relationship on and off before. They have these things between them. And it's like they owe each other certain actions you know and if she runs i'll chase if i chase then you run this is the way that it goes seems more like a dog and a cat than a bat and a cat this is just the way things things work they're calling each other bat and cat and And they, they have that like familiarity with each other and then batman says enough as if to say i could have done this a long time ago okay but i'm done now and embraces catwoman you know he's chasing after a woman who Killed 237 people. He's chasing after her and he doesn't know what to do now. And embraces her and says, what do I do? Yeah. That is, we're getting this vulnerable Bruce Wayne mm. in, in these issues. And I, I, I really enjoy this, this perspective. I'm going to tell you what I enjoy. The color choice. Oh my gosh. This, right. This panel where Yellows. they're running after each other, yellow and the purple of underneath Batman's cape. That feels so classic. I love that. Yeah. Cause that's new. That's not what it normally was. Nah. The, I mean, what we saw purple was in his gloves from back in the day. Yeah. Right? Zero year. Yeah. So to have purple underneath the cape, that's, I think that's a really cool touch. Whoever redesigned this, this costume. I really like it. And again, that familiarity when we, we we go to present, when we see a Catwoman talking to Batman as they're hatching their plan at the prison, uh, going after Bane. And, you know, she does that thing where she says, don't let me fall in the water. You know, kitties and water and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And it's just that, like, playful nature and that, that moment that they have together, that just the, the body language that you have in the way they're drawn on the page. And then <laughs> ventriloquist, just standing in the background, <laughs> like... Hey, I'm right here. So, you know, don't be starting. So, uh, you know, are we gonna, yeah. <laughs> so, um, ultimately, everybody's in place. Ventriloquist is supposed to, you know, do certain things. And um, I think Catwoman's supposed to go get in place and take Ventriloquist and protect them at all costs. And then we have these two other characters that I'm not particularly familiar with, but they are annoying. Punch and Julie. Oof. It's like, it, it's like if Harley Quinn and Joker were just two Harley Quinns because they're so, yeah, you ever hear the word smoopy? No. Like these people are so schmoopy with one another. All they it's all like, oh baby honey, well pet names, this, that, everything's yeah, a got lot. a Y at the end of it's it. A lot. These two are schmoopy. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And it's clearly not working for Bronze Tiger, who is yeah, just like, like all right, please there. just stop talking. Yeah. Don't say anything else. And every time he at, he's he like threatens them, they just totally like lean in more. Like, yeah. don't say another word. And he goes, what about one more word? Like any word? Poop. <laughs> Boysenberry. Ontological. Like, shut up. I'm reading the comic book. Like, all right, you guys get on my nerves. Doily, Taylor, Convoy, Wheel, Gosh. Morgan's board. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Just, oh shut up. 
Like somebody, whatever you're going to do, do it. So one of Bane's goons come out and brings them in. And I guess they're getting in position too. So Catwoman and Ventriloquist are having this interesting conversation as they're doing acrobatics and climbing through stuff. Ventriloquist has a lot of upper body strength. Mm-hmm. They will be climbing up pipes <laughs> and all kinds of stuff, sliding down stuff. Didn't really come dressed for the job either. I yeah, and Catwoman is out. picking up somebody who at least weighs 250 pounds with one arm. No doubt. You know what I mean? So, you know, she's got a lot of pulling strength. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of horizontal pulling strength. So I'm proud of her. She's, she's an amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're having this conversation where, um, Catwoman's going like, look, so keep it real with me. You know, when Scarface is just a cop out, right? It's just kind of your excuse to do what you do. And he's like, no, like he, he, he makes me do bad things. I feel better when I'm not with him, which is interesting because Batman was like, look, some of us may die. Some of us may get hurt, but none of us leave here if Ventriloquist is not kept alive. And he is a very important piece. I have no clue what that means, no. but I'm very excited to find out. Same. Because I can't think about like what could possibly Ventriloquist, or what is Tom King setting us up for with Ventriloquist that's going to have this big payoff. No idea. That he's the one that somebody might die, but this guy. We're not getting out of here. So I wonder what that's about. It's a, This is one of the things that I like that Tom King does, which really makes me confide in Batman's understanding of his nemesis, of his nemeses, of his rogues gallery. Like, if Batman puts that much stock in Ventriloquist, Batman knows something that I don't. And there's something that is making me feel confident in Batman, but at the same time, maintaining a mystery. And that, for me, is Batman. He is incredibly strategic, but I'll be damned if he ever just reveals his plan. Bold face, you know? He's ready. He's got something in the pocket. Yeah. So I, I I like feeling confused about what's going to happen, because who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And and very clearly, things are not going to work out the way that Bruce thought they were going to work yeah. out One as last soon thing. as Catwoman decides to go rogue. Yeah, Catwoman says, look, you know, it's convenient for you that you get to turn yours on and off. And she says, um, what does she say? What's the actual quote? She says, mine has her claws firmly stuck inside me and that mangy little lynx never lets go so she's like i don't get to turn it off this is just who this i is am who i am all the time we thought it was an interesting point they were making there yeah so ultimately they get in position and catwoman just rolls out yeah goes and does her own thing and yep. tells you know like ventriloquist stay and he's like oh okay yeah sure i'll do that yep so we're like all right what is catwoman doing Mm-hmm. That woman's in place. Bronze Tiger's in place. These two knuckleheads are in place, and they're talking to Bane, and they're having this conversation. And Bane, you know, he's telling the story about how, you know, look, you know, I broke out and all this other stuff, and we did this, that, and the other thing. What is he saying? His his whole thing is basically saying that Punch is the only person who's ever escaped from the prison. And what he has done is brought Punch back. And he is going to be a person who knows Batman's going to follow Punch. Batman is going to like hatch this plan. He's going to be a part of this plan to come back. And Bronze Tiger is, is delivering all three of them to Bane. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going we're gonna to kill Batman together. And this is all this bait that I set up. So this is my gift to you. I'm serving you. It's this little decoy. Meanwhile, we know that Batman is up in a vent behind a grate, and he's waiting for Catwoman to get a visual on Psycho Pirate. Can we confirm that Psycho Pirate is there where we think he is? Can we confirm that he is safe and alive so we can get Psycho Pirate out of here and make this thing happen? Yeah. And Catwoman just messes that all up. Yeah! She she drops down, starts slicing, dicing everybody. She... 
starts telling everybody's story. You you know, Braun Steiger's lying and Bane jumps up. What is going on? And Batman escaped from your your cell and he let me in and he planned to. And now he's up there in the ceiling vent waiting for a word that Psycho Pirate is saved. Then he's going to jump down and with their help, he's going to break your damn back. Yep. And I don't know if this is the case uh, for all of them. I'm not sure if this is the case for Bronze Tiger. But Catwoman done killed Julie and and Punch. Yeah. Dead. They're they dead. Dead. Like this is a this is a different kind of Selena Kyle than I have seen before. And I think Tom King is doing a very good job here by saying, You have underestimated who this person is. This person is Reader. The, the, yeah. You thought you knew. You thought. You did not know. And this is one of the first times in a little while when I was reading a comic book and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I feel betrayed. I thought I had an expectation of what was going to happen and I thought it was going to be difficult, but I would enjoy how they get out of this. But I think because that's like, a lot of times oh. in comics recently, Catwoman's been kind of presented as anti-hero. Yep. You know, she saves the day. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of like the reluctant reluctant hero. Yeah. Like, I'd much rather be just kind of like stealing and doing whatever, but okay, I'll do the right thing, you know, or or like, or, or uh, an, an oppressed character. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, I do bad things because of the circumstance, but I don't, I'd really just rather be left alone. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And if you just leave me alone and let me just have money and just have you know, a cool environment, you really won't have to deal with me. Yeah. So I think that's the cat one we've been presented for a while, but this cat woman is I've killed 200 and some people and I love it. And this is what I do. And this is part of what I am. This is a Rose Gallery member on the same level of a scarecrow yep. or a Joker or a Bane or whatever. Not like you never present seen. Cause like even Clayface now is different. Clayface is kind of like a good guy. Now. Yeah. He's working with, but Batman. you never see Bane presented as, Oh, I'm this reluctant good guy. So, yeah, she's getting a play at being a complex villain. And it's, it's a perspective on the character that I'm not familiar with. It's surprising. And when she messed up that plan and put everybody on blast for Bane like that, I, now Selena. Now you want to believe <laughs> this is Batman's almost like double double planning. Right. But you see Batman go, no. Like, yeah. Batman's not like, all right, cool. This is exactly how I planned it. Mm-hmm. Like, me and Selena had our own plan, but the rest of them had a different plan. But Selena dropped down there and killed people who were part of the team. Yep. I don't think that was part of Batman's plan. It also seems like Selena is deciding to resign herself to her fate to face the consequences of killing 237 people because uh, it comes out that her impression is the only reason Batman hired her for this task is to try to redeem her from all of those murders. You know, she is in the pit at Arkham, but maybe, just maybe, if they make this thing work, if they make a play and take down Bane, then she will be able to have some redemption, some some forgiveness, some flexibility when they get back to Arkham. So it's like Batman, again, just that intimacy that he has, that relationship that he has with Catwoman, he put her in this position because he wants to redeem her. He wants her to be okay. That's interesting. Because how is he going to face her now if he is getting screwed by her? You know? Like, she is putting him in more than a precarious position. Yes. She's putting him in... She she killed people in front of Batman. Yeah. 
Can't let, what am I supposed to do? Now what? Yeah. Now, these are difficult decisions that we get to see Batman face. In that first arc, with figuring out, not how do I take down villains, but where do I find myself relative to superheroes who are more powerful than me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these are interesting questions. I'm so into this. And the artwork blows my mind. Mikkel, Janine, I'm just, I'm here for it, man. Yeah, so the way this ends, Catwoman says, now Bane, he asked me what's next. And then Bane goes, all right, Catwoman, what's next? She says, next? That's easy. You give me a plane, money, you help me disappear in exchange. I tell you how you can finally break the bat. And I'm just like, oh, man, two weeks. Yeah. Glad this is being double shipped. Mm -hmm. This is one that I'm glad is being double shipped Mm -hmm. because I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. It's excellent. Kudos to that team. All right. On to Black Panther. Black Panther number eight. We've been waiting for it for a long time. I know I've been waiting for this one for a long time because Ta-Nehisi Coates himself says this is his favorite issue that he has worked on Mm -hmm. so far. He did. Uh, this is uh, the end of an arc, it seems, and and also gearing the up. Start of a new one. Toward it's kind of like it's kind of like it didn't. All right, well, let's get into it. Yeah, we're talking about the end. We haven't even started the beginning. Yep. So let's let's start out by reading this. You know, kind of. Yeah, you want to give us a synopsis of where we were. Black Panther, with help from his crew, Luke Cage, Misty Knight, Storm, and Manifold, T'Challa rooted out a hidden base of operations for the rebel group known as the People. Meanwhile, T'Challa's sister and former queen of Wakanda, Shuri, has been frozen in a state between life and death. However, her spirit travels to Dejalia, a transcendent plane of Wakandans, Wakanda, Wakanda's past, present, and future. She is led by the Griot in the form of her mother, who's been imparting the collective knowledge of Wakanda's ancestors. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last time we, we tuned into Black Panther. Last time on the, Black Panther. Last time in Wakanda. Uh, Black Panther and the crew trumped Ezekiel Stain. There's some situation going there. That, that plan seemed to, to, to come alive and, and everything worked out. And then uh, Eden, Manifold, as it were, it blasts Black Panther, Storm, Misty Knight, Luke Cage out of there into safety. And in the beginning, we see the crew just chatting with each other you know effectively high-fiving and saying good job now let's let's get out of here you know yeah yeah they all get let they all basically have you know a conversation and t'challa's thanking everybody and giving everybody some some big ups and it's very interesting there's a moment between t'challa and ohoro where um you know they used to be married yeah th- th- yeah if you didn't know yeah. the child's like luke thank you for this manifold thank you for that and misty thank you for that and then he goes and hororo i asked you to come because you are my best friend and because because she goes because some things my king are easier than uh, to annul than others Ooh. and then there's this look of everybody yeah. else who's like oh if i were manifold okay. i'd be like okay so i'm just going to teleport yeah, let me just get at. That's literally what Manifold me. does because you see Luke and Misty kind of looking around like, okay. So Manifold, uh, Manifold's like, oh, okay, and with that, you know, what I mean, let's let's get on out of here. That is that special brand of Storm Shade, where she's like, I mean, it's wisdom, but that's shady, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, oh, you gonna bring that up right now? Yeah. Okay. I also thought it was interesting uh, um, a page prior to that when Misty Knight is is talking about their ranking with other heroes and she says still we're a damn sight better than Spider-Man or Captain America or wait 
maybe not. Mm. And it's interesting because you know those both characters, people of color, are yeah. Those those are black superheroes right, right. now. But you know, Black Panther comes out and says, "Part of why I brought you here, yes, I did consider aesthetics. So I think to some degree that is him asking for the crew to be here because this these are." black heroes this is a group of people of color of of superhumans and, and and people of color also the aesthetic of the crew being quote unquote like i think underrepresented characters you know like spider-man we see spider-man thwipping all over the place captain america come on captain america is captain america but misty knight and luke cage and manifold and storm we don't have as much of them right now in any particular place. So I think there's there's some credit, some merit to this group being together in that uh, they're they're not always on the scene, and now they have an opportunity to show their strength. Hmm. This is good. Yeah, this is good stuff. Yo, and then uh, Manifold and 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 T'Challa blast over to the engineering lab in Necropolis. And they're getting ready to utilize some machinery that T'Challa has invented, these suits that seem like they're going to allow the two of them to enter into the Dajalia, to enter into that in-between world of life and death where Shuri is, where she is like spending time right now and going on this spiritual ancestral journey, and they're going to go and get her. Um, something that I have to note, this comic has a lot of foundation in previous comics that maybe not everyone is familiar with. And I'm talking like back before Secret Wars, uh, even before the incursions and that huge event that changed the status quo of the Marvel Universe. Um, there is talk of, of Thanos and him being put into this like... Uh, what is it like this this kind of cryo frozen time they refer to as living death um the the what was the team that they refer to uh which one the team that that thanos uh was was rolling around with he had this like group of people that he was rolling around with uh with corvus and thanos and and they were going over and like taking over worlds when the incursions were taking place i'm not sure but the point is, is this living death, this stasis that Shuri is in was used to restrain Thanos at first. Oh, yes, 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 yes. To yes. freeze him in place so he couldn't do no harm. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And they used it against Shuri and trapped her. And uh, what, what Black Panther is, is pointing out is, I don't think Shuri is there. That physical body mm -hmm. that is there, not in there anymore. That's not in, that's not her. What I think this is, this is a gateway to something. And he figured out a way to use Manifold's teleportation abilities and maximize them so they can go into like this space time, like mm -hmm. this more transcendent area between living and dead. So that's interesting. We, we get a reminder that Black Panther is a scientist. Yes. Is an inventor. He's smart. Yeah, he's smart. He's loyal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's the whole thing. Like, this whole situation of him going back and going or going after his sister, he was saying, like, look, like, I'm a king, but at the same time, I just cannot sit here and see my sister 
you know, being a situation like this is my blood. I'm I'm king of Wakanda, yeah. and I've had to deal with you know situations where I had to choose between being a king and doing something else. But I just can't I can't choose anything over my family anymore, anything over my blood. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and even he's though he's not going to turn his back on his sister again, right? Um, and even the whole thing about him being afraid, you know, him being concerned. You know yeah. what I mean? When like, he points out to Eden, he's like, "Hey, you know." We may not come out of this, right? You right. understand that? And Eden says, yeah, I understand. And T'Challa says, you know, to be honest with you, I, I think I was kind of saying that for myself. So, yeah, he is, he is a king, but he is a man. He is, he is afraid of what could happen. Yeah. And, and this, these two just flying through the slipstream. Yeah, I mean, and this visual was, it's like amazing. Yeah. Because you can only imagine that they don't quite seem to know where they're going. You know what I mean? Or nope where they're going to be and where they're going to end and how it's going to happen, how it's all going to come together. Um, but they're, they're doing it on faith in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is, which is powerful. So now back to the Dejalia where we have, you know, Shuri's hair is longer. It's longer. And it also it's seems white. to be white. And I, I think what Didn't I'm her hair seeing starts here, short. Mm-hmm. And what I think what I'm seeing here is that she is, she is, is, is Becoming embodiment of wisdom. Hmm. You know, like she's looking more like her mother, the Griot. Yeah. yeah. She's, it, it, it's like, this is the end of the road of the, the experience that she needed. And now her hair is longer. It's whiter. She, she has this like nobility sense to her, which is kind of interesting. And most importantly, she tells a story. She remembers a story, a piece of her history. And she tells it to her Griot where for this entire time in the Dejalia, it had been the opposite. Uh, her her mother had been telling her stories, and she had been saying things like, "I I can't remember, I don't remember." But now she she flips it around and she tells a story about uh, Soligan, the Buffalo woman, and this story about this woman who was like looked down upon, who was not ladylike, who was uh, not accepted by the the other wives of the king that she was married to. She endured a lot of stress and trauma and words and actions against her, and it made her stronger, and it made her better, and she didn't rely on what other people thought. She became stronger in spirit, and when her husband, the king, passed away, she was an action-oriented widow. She was a leader. She raised her son. She raised an army. She leads this army into battle, and she's like, she's this bad woman, you know? She's like, I got nothing to lose. I'm not afraid of anything. I've been beat up my, all my whole life, and I've been hardened because of it, and this this feeling of being impenetrable. You can't hurt me. You didn't hurt me then actually helps this army that she leads into battle because she turns physically to stone. Yeah. And she is, is impenetrable. She's Which is interesting because <clears throat> like the men of the community, when they ran up on him, they were like, you look, you know, like just don't fight. Yeah. You know, just surrender. She says, wise men deliberated through the night and in the morning, Haggard the bleary, um, haggard and bleary, they told the men to lay down the arms. But when the council came to announce its decision, 
Sullivan shouted them down, shamed them. She did as warriors, as fathers, as men. She vowed to fight the invaders herself. The men astonished followed her onto the field. That was powerful to mm-hmm. me. It's like, oh yeah, well, let's just give up. Let's just lay down our sword and let's kind of, it's very similar to the whole, you know, let's give them a chance. Give it's a like, chance. no, no, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for whatever the situation is. If I'm going to go, I'm not going to just lay down my sword and go. And how that mentality of, of all these years, sometimes it comes, sometimes that inspiration, sometimes that motivation, sometimes that leadership comes from a place you don't, you're not expecting. I thought that was powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she, she says, um, you know, all, uh, spirit of iron makes skin of stone. And as she's telling that story, it comes back to the Dijalia. And we see that Shuri herself has skin of stone right now. And that's when I had this realization that, yo, she was here to connect with her ancestry. Yes. She was here to learn the stories of Wakanda, to connect with her history. And she has taken that and realized it Mm -hmm. and and recounted those things and turned it into an ability set, a power. It's like she is so connected with her history, the history of Wakanda, her nation, and herself mm. yeah. that she can use that to make her better in, 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 in times of need. Yeah, and, right? that's, and that's so interesting as a black person and as someone who's not connected to my heritage, mm. not connected to my people, not connected to, I don't know if I'm Nigerian, Igbo, Yoruba. I don't know if I'm, I really don't know. Like I'm not connected to my history, to my heritage, to the stories. Like I really don't know. And a lot of us black people, a lot of us African-Americans, a lot of us who come from slaves, we're not, con- we don't get to, we don't have a way to go to the, the Jalia and hear the stories of our past and be able to connect to those and look at that. And what does that mean for now? And be able to turn that into some sort of pride of this is who I am. This is where I come from. And this, these are the stories of the people who came before me mm-hmm. and what, how they struggled and what they went through and the ups and downs and the difficulties and how they overcame them. And this is my blood. This is my heritage. This is where I come from. And this is how this affects me today to be able to stand up and address and imagine if someone could go and connect to that and then be able to come back to a present time and be able to go, I know where we came from. Mm -hmm. I know we're supposed to be connected to. And I know how to help move us forward. Like this, Ta-Nehisi, thank you. Like this is very powerful stuff for what it looks like to be able to like connect now Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and even just seeing like how man i kind of wish i knew what that stuff was you know yeah and it's even interesting how a lot of black people who read black panther and hear about black panther so lit i see a lot of twitter accounts and they go and you know where it says where you're from they're like wakanda wakanda you know what i mean because it's very like that's the heritage that i think uh, like a lot of black people we want to go I want Wakanda to be my heritage. I want Wakanda to be my people. I want to be able to point to a Wakanda where unconquered, never been conquered, rich, wealthy, intelligent, top of the line and everything. Like, and they have this rich storied, like, I want to be from there. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be from slave ships and plantations. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You want to be from the, the, the nation that has never been dominated. Yeah. That with dark skinned people who look like me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hence why again, no disrespect, just to give you 
perspective, well, you know, Celtic and possibly so-and-so. That's not the point. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like there's someone who's from an Asian community who is looking for a character to look like them and to be able to make that connection and be able, yeah, that's me. That Like I connect to that. Yeah. And that's what's important. And in a book like this, reading this book, hearing it from a black man, I'm telling you that's, that's why this is important. Yeah. Because there's plenty of Matt Damon stories. Yeah. Yeah. Outer space. Underwater. <laughs> everywhere. Des- desert, jungle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. He's like G.I. Joe. You see, like every version. Wow, everywhere. Yeah. Um, there are two things that I I, I want to point out that that I had been thinking about. One that the moment when Ashori talks about uh, Spirit of Iron, Unbreakable Skin. It's the second time that we've thought about Spirit and Unbreakable Skin, Unbreakable Spirit, Unbreakable Skin. Um, and I went back and I looked at when. Uh, T'Challa was honoring the members of the crew and saying, here's why I picked you for this. And he had said you know, those words to Luke Cage. He says, Luke, I brought you because you're truly, you truly are my brother, unbreakable in skin and spirit. And okay, Tanahasi. Then I had this realization, thanking the crew was thanking each individual for something that I think that we're seeing in Shuri now. Mm. Eden, I brought your, brought you here for your great power, but even more for your large heart. You've always okay. wanted to be a hero and you always have been one, right? Luke, unbreakable skin and spirit. Misty, I know less of you, but Luke has long regaled me with your exploits. So now okay. we're talking about like being surprised, having maybe a lack of expectation, uh-huh. needing those things to be realized, mm-hmm. needing evidence of that sort of thing. And then a love that was once scorned and now returned. Okay. With Aurora, with Storm. You hear him preaching, Internet. So, like in the members of the crew, I am seeing these facets, these dimensions of, I think, what we're going to see in Shuri. Yeah. Of all of these different components of her character. And I thought that was a really special thing because these stories have been running in parallel for a long time. And finally, they're going to intersect. They're going to catch up with one another. I think that is so dope. And the other thing that I was thinking about was, um, are you familiar with Anansi? No. Anansi, the uh, 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 folktale uh, folk character, uh, a spider, um, African like folktale. Anansi is the spirit of like history and storytelling and folktales and, and, and knowledge and wisdom. And Anansi always has these stories that he gives to people. Sometimes he looks like a spider. Sometimes he looks like a dude, but he gives these stories as a way of reminding you of what you need right now. This is the moral moral that you need, the strength that you need to look for, the lesson that I want to imbue. And I kept thinking of Anansi because Anansi is, I think, uh, uh, from Ghana, like originated in Ghana, uh, or Ashanti, but it's this like West African folk tale character who embodied wisdom and knowledge. And now I'm seeing Shuri and I'm seeing Shuri's abilities, superhero skills are based in her storytelling of her people. Connection to her heritage. I'm just like, that is so cool to me. Powerful. That's that's just a, you know, we see superheroes pop up all the time. New superheroes pop up all the time. And this feels different and it feels special. I'm really excited to see the way that that unfolds in, you know, 616, right? Mm. How are you going to be stopping Mephistopheles and also educating me, Adam Jumpman Tetris, 
on you know the history of Wakanda. That's yeah. that that's really cool. This is big. Yeah, this is interesting seeing T'Challa kind of sliding through this beautifully illustrated you know scene here. Um, he says, but above all, I think of you talking about Shuri, and I think of dying out here, of drifting out here in search of, but far away from you. And then I see the ancient place, the future place, and I know you are there. And I remember that I have come to bring you back in the full ambition that is you who will bring all of, in, in the full ambition that it is you who will bring all of us back. What have you discovered out here, Shuri? It's it's like T'Challa is kind of like, I just know that you're the answer and I don't really know what that means, but I just have faith and I believe that whatever you know, like like he says, what have you discovered out here? Like he doesn't even know, but he just knows that she's the she's the key, she's the one, she's mm-hmm. the connection. And um, the griot, which is you know in the form of Shuri's mother, um, they have this very interesting connection interaction, and they say, you know, mother, it's them, and she says, yes, daughter, the time has come. And Shuri says, I need to know if you will be there. I need to know if you are coming back with me. You are my mother. And she says, oh, daughter, I am all of your mothers, not just one of them. And I will always be with you because I have always been with you. And I was just like, that, that, that took me a second to like, because, you know, just like the whole idea of like this character, this griot, what this represents, it's like you see ta wrote in the form of her mother, in the form of her mother. Mm-hmm. It's like. I'm not your mother, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all of your mothers. Whatever this character is represents, I play this role for all of you. Of course I'm with you. I've always been with you. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I, and I, I'm, I'm interested to see exactly what she, this is. I feel I mean? like the, the griot is the personification of ancestry. Mm-hmm. She's like the human form of being connected with your history, with your people, with your culture. And she, she declares to Shuri that she is the bearer of what is, what was, and again shall be. Yeah. You know, so being someone who is a force for progress and, and present and future, but also being deeply rooted in where you came from. You know, I'm still Jenny from the block. <laughs> Used to have a little, now I have a lot. I can turn into stone. Okay. Probably do more than that. <laughs> and then when they, and when, you know, Eden and T'Challa show back up in Wakanda, you know, T'Challa says, where's Shuri? And then you hear, Shuri says, here T'Challa, I am sorry, brother. I've discovered nothing, but I remember everything. <sighs> and it's like that point, that, armor. that point goes back to what she was saying to her mother, which is like, I discovered, she goes to the subject, she's like, no. I didn't discover anything. We're the one who's always being discovered. Yeah. So it's interesting the way they see things. Like, like almost like it's revealing who I am. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's showing me more of me. And the interesting thing she says is I remember everything. Like, I don't have anything new for you, but now, like, almost like I'm connected to our past. So it wasn't about finding something new to Chala. It was about remembering stuff from old. Yeah. And what is she dressed like? A midnight angel. Midnight angel. So that made me go, yo, she's ready. Huh. Knock if you buck. Like, she showed up. And but who like, is she fighting, though? I, I think she's just going to have this idea, like, the the way that we're going to resolve this conflict now, the way that we're going to bring 
unity to Wakanda is by remembering where we came from, who came before us. But who's the enemy? Who's the enemy now? Well, I'm thinking... Is it sound, it's probably it's probably Tetu Zinzi in that conflict between the Midnight Angels, yeah, Dora Milaje, and all that kind of stuff. That's right. Yeah. So it is special that she's wearing that Midnight Angel armor because we have a contingent of the Midnight Angels of the Dora Milaje, uh, uh, Io and Aniko, who are wearing that armor also, <laughs> but like rejecting the current state of Wakanda. So it's it's special now that we have Shuri. Who was once the Black Panther, who is the, the sister of the king, who is royalty, who is donning that armor. She's going into war. She's going to battle. That's, I think that's big. I think that's really big. And she's going to be a force for unity. How that's going to happen, I don't know. If it's going to be fisticuffs or if it's going to be storytelling or some somehow a combination of both, you know? Yeah. That's impressive stuff. Yeah. Black Panther number eight. Very excited about that, man. Yeah, Very thank you, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Thank you for that. Thank uh, you for eight issues of fantastic, fantasticness. Yeah, yeah, truly. You did yeah. it. You 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 did it bigly. Mm, you no, did it. You did no, it very big. No, no, you know. No, this comic book is fantastic. Not it's one okay. of the best comic books ever. Not okay. Okay, and I just want to say I'm thankful. The blacks really appreciate it. You know they're living and, in hell. By the way. <laughs> what do you have to lose? Ugh. Ugh. Thank you, Tanahasi, for this. In in times of rough times, it's good books like this that really help us all out. And uh I believe it's uh Chris Spruce uh who did the the artwork on this one. Um I'll be excited to see Stelfreeze return. He'll be to back, the book. yeah, on the on, on the next issue. But Chris Spruce, you were you were terrific. You were awesome. Uh, this this was a great book. That is uh that is a book that's the book of the week. week. Uh-huh. So next week what we have coming up. We've got Venom number one that's coming out. We've got Cage number two that's coming out. We've got um, uh, Civil War number two, issue number seven, of course. Finally. We got to get that. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see what else we have coming out. In DC, I don't see anything that's jumping out at me in DC. Oh, uh, I think we have Vigilante number two. Did we talk about Vigilante? We We touched on that, right? We did. Yeah, we did touch on that. Vigilante uh, Southland. Oh, word. Yeah, DC one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, a um, couple books for you guys to pick up. I would say um, next week, definitely Cage number two, Civil War two number seven, and uh, Vigilante number two. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. So we'll pick we'll pick we'll pick two books from that. But we'll probably touch on I think we're gonna do more of this stuff, kinda like quickly touching on some books like we did before, saying, Hey, this was good, I liked it, here's some things that are going on, yada yada yada, just for the sake of time. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, these issues, these these episodes are long. Yeah. But we do it because we love you. That is correct. All right, tell me where you can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. My my name is the same on Twitter and Instagram. Adam Tetris A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-E. Yes. I got to come up with some Thanksgiving Turkey Day, Adam Tetteris, name puns, you know, portmanteau, undetterous, unbeatable, really. Maybe I'll just change it to Ash Cottom or one of my AKAs. I don't know. I got, I just, keep, let me just, keep, let me just think on this. Keep going for it, man. I'm going to take a couple of days. <laughs> How about you? Where can we find you online? Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all the same thing at Octavius A. Newman, O C T A V I U S A N E W M A N. Thank you guys for listening. Leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. Please do that. 
please do. If you've been listening, if you enjoy the podcast, really, it helps us out to spread the word for the show, helps us rank higher on iTunes. Do that. Leave us five stars and a positive comment. Please really appreciate that. Leave us comments on SoundCloud. Let us know what you think. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Suggest this show to other people. Pass it around. Tweet it. Facebook it. Retweet it. Email it. Text it. Send it round to all the peoples in your life that you think would appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Invite them to join the Junto. Mm-hmm. And um, we got any movies coming out soon? Uh, uh, that's a good Beast. question. I know um, the, the the movie that's getting a lot of love right now is uh, Arrival. So I want to check that, that one out. You saw that? Yep. Goodness gracious. We can do a one shot on that. So I'd like it. to see Arrival. I'd very much like to see uh, Moonlight. Yep, saw um, that. So um, I, I think I have a I, I have a little work to do to catch up. The next big one is Star Wars. Yes, yeah, and that's coming up soon. Yeah, December. That is not far away at all. Nah. So stay woke, Scoochie. All right, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Until next time, peace. Oh, oh, oh.